The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. G'day folks, and welcome to the intermediate line. My name's Fisher Crunt, and if you're a new listener to the show, you fucked up. Go back to the start and listen to every episode in order. Some of the episodes you're going to want to listen to twice, like episode 84. What a banger. For the rest of the dedicated listeners, let's get on to the show. With Chris, all due respect, Adams, and Voltsy, stop sending me gorilla pics, Voltron. This episode of the Intermediate Line is brought to you by Nervous Water. For all your premium fly fishing requirements, please visit nervouswater.com.au. And Beast Brushes, Australian-made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. Welcome back, folks, to 2022. So yes. aggressive. So aggressive, so enthusiastic, man. What happened? <laughs> it's good to be back, Volts. How about yourself? I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. feeling relaxed and refreshed, but I'm, I'm glad we're back, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big plans for this year. Whether they come to fruition, anyone's guess. Yeah. But we'll just be, keep showing up. It's going to be a wild ride this year. Wild ride. We had an extra week off, trendsetters. My apologies, my humblest contrafibularities. Yeah. Those who are keen listeners will know the definition of that word. Yeah, you know they will. Yep. Yeah, I do. I've forgotten what it was. It's been that relaxing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been that relaxing. I've forgotten everything you've said. Yeah. Discombobulated, mate. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally yeah. photosynthesized. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, mate, I like to avoid fishing over the holidays, but I did some fishing. Did you do some fishing? I did, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I Tits did. Tits out. Yeah. Good stuff, mate. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'll tell you what, mate, aside from the fishing, which, you know, I'm sure we'll just ease into some other time, I did pick up some some new gear, uh, which led me on to a bit of a subject, which we'll morph into at the beginning, because um, I wanted to talk about something that even after 124, what's this, 24 episodes? Yeah. It's something that I can't believe we haven't brought up yet, but it reminded me because I ended up getting some um, some hollow core spectra on uh, on the backing of it of, a, of um, a new reel. So I got this um, SR9 Shilton, and I um, and I got got it loaded up with um, based on Pete from Nervous Waters advice. Um, he talked about mm-hmm. it, and the option was obviously to fill it with gel spun. Micron was not an option, um, neither is Dacron, um, but the the um, the hollow core. Which made me sort of, uh, which I'll, I'll talk about later. I hope we can talk. We'll, we'll have a discussion about it later between the two of us because I know you know about it too. And I'd like to, it's pretty interesting stuff and I'd like to share it with the listeners. But it made me start thinking, Volts, have you ever snapped a fly line, cut off a loop, 
joined a, uh, a shooting head or even made your own running line? And if so, what product would you have used to do that? Oh, this is really interesting. I believe I've done all four of those. Like, how do you want me to address this? Well, what's the what's the common denominator product between all those three situations? And actually, there's more than three, so it's a trick question. <laughs> to all those mentioned situations. Mentioned situations. Yeah. I got a bit of a caveat to mention. I, I got up early, went fishing this morning. I've been up since two thirty. Not yeah. the best way to get started with the podcast back for the year. Just well, let you know. People gotta love you for who you are, Chris. Don't, <laughs> don't let them don't let them hold you to high standards. Tell them to get fucked. All right, I will, man. I will. <laughs> I treat yeah. everyone like jet skiers and skiers. Oh man, oh. skiers are on the list now too. Skiers, no skiers. No boat skiers. Oh, water boat skiers. Lice. Water skiers. Yeah, what do they call them? Water lake lice. That's what they call them. Lake lice. That's them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, man, what is the common denominator? But um, for all the above mentioned. Aft uh, mentioned. I'm already reaching out for my lifeline to the grammar coach. How do you say it? Uh, you could go aft mentioned. Yep, or, cool. Or I'll take it, that. It depends. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, where you went to school. Hey, um. <laughs> or didn't. The, the <laughs> <laughs> all of those, all of those situations. Well, what's the common denominator? I'd say uh, they all require joining up. Two components is, is that a right answer well yeah well that yeah i'm talking more about the product not the uh not not the process they do require oh, joining up um different oh, yeah yeah so oh. there's pretty much um you gotta use one of those uh uh braided sort of spliceable products like gouda broad um well gouda broad's a brand right gouda broad's a brand yeah 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 so what cool. what is gouda broad what, what, what was good, Brock? It's not available anymore. It's a hollow braided mono. Yeah, you're, you're right. You can't get it anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it's a hollow, a hollow, yeah, bra braided monofilament. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So so with that stuff, um, you know, I haven't put a prop, a fly line in a prop for a very, very long time, but I did once and um, and it was shown to me how to repair it. And I was up at Weeper and one of the guys I was fishing with brought a, um, a kit with him. I've taken that kit with me uh, on every trip I've ever been with still, and I've got it on my boat and everything like that, but I haven't had to use it um, for a very long time. That was back in, like, I don't know, 2003 or something like that, so I've been pretty lucky. But I have seen a yeah. couple of lines going to props. I mean, what are you up to now? 17 lines in the prop? I'd be rounded out, few, wouldn't it? Yeah, I've, I've had a couple myself, but uh, mainly mainly mates' lines, you know, because they're up the front. Yeah. Know, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a terrible thing when it happens. It can result in a rod breaking, actually, the last couple of times. Ambone's bad at it. He's put a couple of rods through the fucking prop, the electric. Who, uh, whose yeah. onus is it to look after the line? And you have a bit of a tangent question here. The angler or the boat driver? Well, the angler. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. I go, like, when, whenever someone's driving out the front, they go, oh, what's your line? I'm going, don't worry, mate. I got it. You run over it, it's my fault. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That, I think that's... um. You know, good etiquette, right? Yeah, it's also good etiquette not to laugh at them. It's funny at, at yeah. some level, but you know, watching watching a thousand dollar fly rod splinter up's not that funny. You know, at the at the time, but uh, we'll no. laugh about it later. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to the uh, braided monofilament, yep. right? So uh -huh. 
you know, so for people who don't know that stuff, I'm sure you've all been familiar from, you know, the Royal Easter Show or the Echo or whatever Melbourne and bloody um, South Australian West Oz have. What are Northern Territorians? They have Krakenite. They'd have it. They'd have them at Krakenite. The, uh, what I'm referring to is the Chinese finger traps. <laughs> in Northern Territory, I believe they put a cracker in between the, the finger trap, light it, and then put the fingers in, right? Yeah, it's like a game of dare. Yeah. Whoever lets go first loses. Dare. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's right. So that product is a um, is is a product that you can use to um, you use your, you put your fly line up through the middle of it. It'll expand like um, like a concertina, you know, perhaps a little bit, maybe a, a tubular concertina. I suppose like that. maybe a grammar coach. Am I saying that correctly? Oh, I wouldn't know. Is concertina the right the right word to use? Are you Probably saying not. It? I might be talking about yeah. a Spanish town in Mexico or something like that. You know, la concertina. Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Could be, a but it's something that it's like it's like flexo tube a little bit. That's a yeah. good one. Everyone knows about the um, burly cages. So like um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So it's um, you know, it's like that. It's like a finger trap. So when you uh, when you put it up over fly lines, you can join two fly lines. You can um, you can you can a lot of people when when people who may not know this is pretty interesting because I, I it's like it's like saying you know telephones used to be in everyone's house. My daughter has is just like what as if you know she's seen his mobile phones. But to the people that haven't been fishing uh, fly fishing for um, long enough to know. That not all fly lines came with loops. You used to have to put your own loops onto it as well, and that's what the braided monofilament did with that. Yeah. Um, same principle. So you would, um, oh, we can get into that a little bit. But the other use that I said about it was, um, it wasn't running lines. It was it was shooting heads. You know, threading up T14 or, uh, yeah. or even LC13 or whatever um, through um, through through the through the braided monofilament to make it slip through the guides and more durable and all that sort of stuff. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it made a great shooting head too. It was um, it was pretty good. I was sort of just just that was sort of weaning out as I was getting into it. I didn't see it a whole lot, but um, it looked painful. Uh, so it's got a lot of uses, and and you don't see it much. Like we said, um, you know that brand Good Rod's not around anymore. So it's um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. But it is you can't get it now though. Did you know that? Uh, well, that's that's good. Who who's who's selling it now, man? Uh, this both the show sponsors have got it. Um, if you knew it, but um, that's that's you know like um, if if you need to know more about that sort of stuff, just just reach out to one of them. But um, you know, like, can you explain to the listeners how you attach this to the fly line for a, say say a loop if you're going to put a loop on? Okay, so you'd, first of all, you'd form a loop in the um, in the uh, braid, braid. How do you do that? Look, it's going to be sound weird, like. It, you need you need a um, you need a, a type of needle or hook, um, and it's, it's one of those things that's you're best off watching a video. But you 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 basically choose how long that you'd want the fly line inserted for, and I would recommend a minimum of sort of four to six inches, a minimum. I, um, man, I reckon even even nutshell it even more than this, you know, because we because we've got to get a guest on soon, but. Um, right. Yeah. Would you like me to have a crack at it? I mean, I've been talking a lot, but would you, or would you like to keep going it? I just, or not? Well, do you reckon you can describe the process yep. accurately? Put, describe the, the video in words. Go, Chris. Righto. Okay. So the monofilament's hollow. We've got that. We've got a needle yeah. that goes up through the hollow filament and you poke it out the side, right? 
and you grab the uh, the tag end, pack it out the side wall of the uh, braided monofilament. So the needle's going through the middle, and then you poke that's it out fun. the side, so then it's poking out externally, right? Uh, the length of the needle that's in the uh, hollow tube is the amount of lo amount of uh, braid that's going to have purchased to the fly line. That meaning how much fly line is going to go up inside of it. So once that needle's sticking out the side, you grab the tag end of the um, of the braided monofilament and you pull it back through the tube so it's then like a double wall, if you like. Okay. Yep. And you bring it all the way back. Well, you don't have to bring it all the way back, but a fair bit through the uh, the sleeve. So you've got a double wall sleeve where a loop has been pulled into itself. Then you thread the fly line up through the uh, monofilament, and then um, and then I just whip finish it. I whip finish it over the inner sleeve, and then I whip finish it over the end, very end of it where it goes on the fly line as well. Um, uh, whip finish, risotto finish, sort of uh, nail knot, sort of all those sort of principles, you know. Uh, I got my way of doing it, but you probably like I'll say you're probably best off looking at a video. But that's um I've I've only ever had one of those fail on me, and it was the back loop, and you were there. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Was that involving a shark? No, it was just a tuna. There was no shark in it. It just ate, okay. and um, I think it went out. And I was bringing it in, and I was about to bring the loop in through the reel, uh, the rod again, and then the whole fly line popped off, and I was just left with the backing. Yeah, yeah, I do Heck remember yeah. bring it up, but yeah, it was sort of one of those head scratching moments. I'm like, what the fuck happened there? You know. <laughs> miscellaneous crisp bastardry going on down the back of the boat there you know but yeah, yeah it's one of them things um you live and you learn would you do anything different mate would if you no, no, out what they, no they're great they're super strong like i mean the amount of fly lines i've had with loops on it um and have never failed has been great and i'm not alone it's super yeah. super strong for a while there like um i wanted to bring up that the fly lines didn't come with a loop on it because a lot of people when the mm. when the um uh the factory loops came on the fly lines no one trusted them for a long, long time, did they? That was pretty, pretty fairly um, common knowledge, you know. Like, don't trust the welded loops, right? Yeah, yeah, that's and, it. I... And it, it wasn't really warranted. Oh, well, I don't know if the quality's changing welded loops, but I've always used them. I've never had a problem with them. Um, but if for some reason you cut it, you damage it, um, mm. you know, you lose the end of your fly line to, to structure or something like that, you know, the braided monofilaments are a great alternative. The same way that you would thread the fly line up the end of that loop, you can also thread it through both ends. You can join the fly line as well if you cut it. Yeah. Um, or if you have to cut a bit out, you know, like you get a bit of something that goes up against a pylon, it just, you know, cheese grates it. You know, you cut that out, join it together with the gouda rod. I've never noticed that every time I, well, the only one time I've done that, but I've never noticed that join from memory. I don't have that fly line anymore, but they're pretty seamless, right? Yeah, that, yeah, it's... it's... They, they are pretty seamless. If you can get the, the ends of the fly line sort of butting up against each other and you, you've got um, uh, you've got the, the Gouda Broads, like a rough approximation of the of the line, like it's slimmed down a bit, you'll get a, you'll get a good, um, I want to say slimmed down, it, it pulls tight to the fly line, you'll get a smooth transfer of energy, you know, close to 100%, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, and it's certainly pretty strong, at least when you're fishing, um, you know, regular fly line, uh, tippets, yeah. So it's good this is available now. I remember, um, I remember, uh, some people will know this dude's name, but uh, you know, I mean, Neil Shepard. I, I saw him to flies a little while ago, and he had it up on that forum there. He was talking about he had some 50 pound gouda broad left over on a spool if anyone wants some. And, um, and I sent him some flies and I asked him if he had any of that stuff left. And he and he sent me up like a meter of it, man. And I, I, um, 
I really protected that thing like I was Gollum hanging onto the ring, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was very precious. It's, uh... <laughs> but it was like it's uh, it wasn't there was no other um, options around, you know. And uh, so it's pretty good. But um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. You're not gonna for for people that are interested in in um, in the grain weights of their lines, and I don't want to make this a fly line. Uh, esque conversation it's just still on the, to do with the braided monofilament but for those that are um you know might have a a, a head on a floral that's ruined but a, an ideal running line left over um and they might have a a 10 weight floating line and not and they don't have a 10 weight rod but they have a six weight that they don't have a floating line for you could easily measure like cut up that head measure the amount of grains that are uh, required for that head to suit your six weight or whatever suits you if you understand grains and mm. and the tapers and uh, fly line design that you that you want and you could um make your own fly line that way you know it's um it's not a bad way to look at it it's pretty diy but it doesn't really hamper your results like people talk about the uh the hinge there of shooting heads like with the loop to loop connection there and again I've, I've i've done it a few times in the early days but i've never ever gone oh this thing is just dropping out of the air on that hinge ever you know it doesn't do it it's it's a nice seamless way to do it and it's worth considering you know for people that might be budget conscious or get, just getting into the sport or got a rod sitting there that they don't use because they don't have a floating line but they've got the uh 10 weight line just gathering gathering dust who knows mm. yeah don't throw them out when you wreck them no no when you wreck them is it when you wreck them? When you wreck them, yeah. When you put them through the, through the, uh, when you cut them inadvertently. Yeah, if you them. haven't cut it, you haven't cut or wrecked a fly line yet. You haven't truly lived. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's what I'm talking about, Bolts. A great day. It's, yeah. it's the 18th of 2022. How many fly lines have you wrecked already? <laughs> this year? None. Yeah. None? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this show will go live on, uh, what? What will it be? This is this is uh, Tuesday night, so yeah. By the twenty second, when this show goes live, how, yeah, who knows? Mate, that number could be pretty different. Yeah, yeah it could mm. be. Eh? Yeah, we're gonna get a guest on soon, but you know, get it touch, going back around to what I was talking about with that that hollow spectra. Um, I thought that was really interesting stuff, eh? Yeah, yeah. No, that that um, that's news to me, and I'm glad there's a there's a product available now that you know that you can uh, you can readily get that will um <clears throat> allow you to repair fly lines it it's it's uh, makes a makes a bad day just a little bit better hey i wouldn't consider the spectra to be a fly line repair this the braided yeah. monofilament is definitely the repair material there um, oh so yeah you mean spectra as the backing sort of yeah material so the, that so the ho yeah exactly so the hollow core spectra for the backing and you know that's being used in in game game gear for for a long time but as backing for fly reels it's got a lot of advantages you know like it's um even even over gel spun it's very 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 soft on your fingers you know so when you're guiding the backing back on it just yep. it it yeah it's it's um it's very very forgiving for as opposed to being around pe or something like that and just you know when that stuff when that when that pe comes off the reel at a million miles an hour with like a tuner or something like that it's like a bandsaw on your on your skin i always cut myself on that thing and you only have to just just touch it 
Now, granted, I haven't um, used that reel and have something screaming off it at that time, but you can you can feel the difference, you know, between the two of them. It's pretty it's pretty obvious, you know. Um, yes. It's got more capacity for volume as well, so it fits what, more it's on. Thinner, thinner than braid, is it? It's um, it's it sits flatter, I believe, you know. So it's um, so I don't I don't know if even that's the right way to to word it, but it fits more. It can't. It, it have to be. If it's if it doesn't cut your hands, well, it can't be round and and thinner than than gel spun, but it's um, but it fits more on. I didn't mean to call you a moron, but um, um, but. <laughs> I might be a moron. I, I can't. I, I can't see how you'd fit more on it and not be thinner. I think we're going to need to um, get some more technical answers for that. <laughs> my my. I don't look. I'm going to just come out and say I don't know, and I want to give an honest answer, and I'm searching for it, and I'm just going to settle with I don't understand why that happens. But what I can tell you is that I I know that you can fit more on, um, and I know that it's softer on your hands. I also know. That it's hollow, and and uh, what that means is probably pretty new to a lot of people for this stuff because I've I'd never seen it before before I was introduced to it. But there's a couple of videos online about it. Uh, Cortland have got a, a great video on how to splice it, um, and you can do things like it, you're basically eliminating. You can eliminate the back loop. You can create a loop with it, like within itself, to make like um like as in you, if you could imagine it's nothing like it, but as far as capacity is concerned or even to feel but if you imagine you filled your whole spool with like braided mono if you're familiar with that and just created a loop in the end of that so then it's not there's no bimini there's no lump there there's no knot going through the guides or anything like that yeah are you with me yeah i know what you're saying so you, you can you can create a seamless join from the arbor all the way to the end of your floor like to the front end of your fly line uh, yes, that's correct. Well, um, there's two ways to do it. And, uh, yeah. and so you can either, one is you can either marry, you can have, you can marry your fly line to your spool permanently and you can do what's called a, a served connection. The guys who do uh, wine on leaders will be aware of that. I'm sure where you can just, um, completely, um, cause the, the game guys will fill a whole spool of their, uh, reels with this, um, the hollow spectra. And then they'll they'll put a leader on the end of that, so it's just completely seamless like that as well. Um, I believe that's what they do, you know. And I'm going to be upfront and say that I've never rigged up a game rod, so I just believe it's what it's do. But that served connection <laughs> is um, is is very similar to um, you know the way that we would put a, a loop on a fly a, a, a braided mono loop on a fly line uh, by threading it up through the through the hollow core spectra. But it's just a lot longer. Like it just needs a lot more um, purchase and surface area. So you know you thread it about you know four six hundred up the end, up the back of it. But it's the back of your fly line, so it's not it's not going to be um, suitable for the front end of your fly line. Um, um, do you see where I'm going? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yep. So you can marry one up. So like if you know if you use your your ten weight and you only used your um, intermediate line on there. I mean, you can easily cut it off and do it again with a new line, but changing the line over is that's one way of doing it. It's married up. You can't really change it over without changing the spool. The other one yep. is to create a loop in itself and then using that loop to loop connection um, to your to your fly line. Um, being a bit thinner, it's going to be the same sort of damage that gel spun would put on it as well, unless you double the legs up on a bimini. 
um, which I always do anyway. But um, but I would what I've done is I've I've um, I've done like a a loop like you would do with your um, with your hollow hollow core mono, and yep. I've just made a loop on the end of it with the spectra, and then I've made a loop in the spectra as well. I've just got this nice tight little loop going on there. It's great. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, mate. Sounds good. I want to see this. I'd love to see some photos. Maybe you could whack them up on uh, on the uh, on the page, either Insta or or uh, Ammo or something like that. It'd be an interesting. Um... I tried to. I think I sent you some photos of it when I did it. Maybe or maybe maybe someone else. But um, it's yeah. very. It's so fine. It's very hard to take some photos of because the, there's no knots. That's the that's the beauty of it. There's no there's no like risotto finish like you would do with braided mono. You know, there's no no yep. finish over it. Even um, even the knot, even sorry, even the loop when it's backed onto itself, the way that you you thread it back through itself, um, it's probably best if you you know people, maybe I should link that Cortland video, you know, like it's um if people want to see it, it's very very interesting, very very interesting. It's quite a, it's quite a modern way to do it. The way I was explained to me is the, the uh, oh that was the other big thing which was explained to me was the abrasion resistance of it. So uh -huh. remember I remember I spoke to you about this and I don't and this is another thing I don't know about. But um, something to do with the crab pots in um, a lot of the guys in the, in the keys and stuff are, are looking at it these days because um, because of the abrasion resistance against a certain time of the year when there's crab pots. You knew something about that, didn't you? What someone was talking about there? Oh yeah, in um, yeah in in the keys, uh, yeah. There's there's crab pots everywhere, man. <clears throat> you know, they're, yeah. They're just not just crab pots, just floating markets for various reasons. You know, there's a lot of boat traffic and. And it's, you know, people over the years have just put markers fucking everywhere, you know? So, in comparison to the gel spun, the abrasion resistance is, is phenomenal, apparently. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. So, um, there are guys that are converting to this. I, I, that The only other fly line I ever lost was, again, on a tuna. I had my, my backing hit the chine of a of a, um, a Quintrex Hornet I used to own. Okay, yeah, right. And I lost the whole fly line doing that, too, which was hard to handle at that stage of my career. Because they were very expensive for me. Your backing hit your own. Yeah, look, man. It, like I, it, it went under the boat, and instead of dipping the rod tip in the water fast enough to, and then walking that around the front of the boat, my backing, which the line was just peeling out at a rate of knots, and my backing hit the chine on my boat, just, just, just like for a split second. That's all it took. Yeah, right. See you later. Yeah, that's a shame, man. Stunning reflexes. Fuck. Didn't see that coming. So what? Um, yeah, that, that's a bummer. Oh well. Yeah, look, mate. It was. Um, it's called uh, an accident. We all make them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, you know, I'm not proud of myself. No, it's good. Good. We can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did it, and I learned from it. Yeah. Good on you, man. Thanks. Right. Oh, it shows personal growth, right? Yeah, personal growth is the best growth. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, so uh, yeah, so I thought. I mean, it's it's something that I, I only heard of in the last last month or so. That stuff, and maybe yeah. someone listening to this has gone, "Oh, that's pretty interesting." And look, you know, it's going to be very hard to inform you and make you aware of those um, that that holocore spectra without going to look into it further. And I, I like, I will. I'll link that video to the Facebook page. I can't do it the Instagram. Um, so if you want to see it, head over there or just Google Cortland holocore spectra. And uh, on YouTube, and you'll see it. Yeah, pretty interesting. I'm gonna go check it out because I think that that sounds pretty cool, man. 
and I also think it's interesting that 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 braided mono is available again in Australia. It's um because that that thing was that stuff was rare as hen's teeth for a long, long time. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's good. There you go. We're opening up the show with a banger for this year. A lot of information. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Oh well, I um heard any goss lately, mate? This is not the time for goss, mate. This is an <laughs> upstanding show. We don't we don't participate in in hearsay. Yeah, right. Okay. But I'll tell you what we do have is a bit of goss for you. Is that um, is that we got a, a guest on for tonight? Now I'm sure that if you're listening to this, you've probably seen us promote the show as to who we got on. So it's no secret. Yeah. You're about to hear him. But do you want to announce who it is at this stage? You want me to do it? Why not? You've got a, a commanding, bellowing voice that I believe the listeners can uh, relate to. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember fly world mate yeah yeah like i i heard i heard it it shuts no more that's right when did Is you hear right? this uh somebody told me yeah cool Damn. man <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks for letting us know yeah <laughs> thanks for setting me up there dude yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, yeah. Kind of butchered it. Um, that's cool. You live, you learn. Personal growth is the best growth. Hey. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got we got Dan Ivanoff on tonight, and uh, Dan is the former owner proprietor of of Fly World, um, second owner of it, an institution to um, West Oz anglers over there. Uh, mm-hmm. friend to many, Dan, uh, experienced traveler, experienced angler, uh, experienced with every facet that he, um, that he lets you know about straight down the line. Good guy. Um, proud to call him a friend and we got him on tonight. And yeah, that's one of the things we're going to talk about, which I'm pretty excited about. And I think that, um, it's going to probably squash a few rumors around the place, which is, uh, which is good because Dan's a good bloke and I think everyone deserves to, well, everyone should know the, the real story if you're interested in it. So, um, so that'll be good. In addition to that, uh, we'll find out what Dan has um, been up to in the meantime, because he's um, he's leading a, a, an enviable lifestyle at the moment. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah, this is uh, something I want to um, tap into. Not the lifestyle. Um, Dan. Uh, Dan. Yeah. You want to tap into Dan. Tap into Dan's lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, lifestyle. Right. You yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I'm just looking to where to draw the lines, man. Like, geez, you know, it's um, ethical or, or uh, metaphysical. I don't mind one or the two. Um, well, cool, man. Well, I think this is going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to it. So we've got Dan lined up. There's a time difference um, over here in, in, in Queensland where we are. It's now 8.17. And Dan, I believe, because because of COVID, is still in Western Australia where it's 1987. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they just got dial up over there and uh, we're going to try and connect nice mm. nice yeah, alright on man let's do that this I mean let's talk about Really set in the mood. If I actually watched the news more, I'd know who Clive was. I don't even know who Clive is. So Clive Palmer. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I've got no idea, man. I don't, I don't watch the news, man. Why do you, why do you watch the news? Like to fucking make yourself feel bad about life? No. That's a good point, mate. But you can, you can make yourself feel better when you learn, when you hear about that loser. I shouldn't have said that either. I've just (laughs) gone on record. You're still recording, or is is it still recording? We've started. Unfortunately, we're recording. Yeah. Well, now you're in trouble. I'm liable to get a knock at the door. All right, so welcome back, folks. And who we've got here is is Dan Ivanoff, uh, also known as Daniel Ivanoff. So let's get this out of the way first, mate. Do you prefer to be called Dan or Steve? Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, go with Dan. But my um my uh, my in my past life, I was also known as Doogie. Um, Doogie. Yeah, because <laughs> apparently I used to look like Doogie Hauser. Come on, mate. Yeah, I, I know, man. Like these days, you wouldn't call it, but um, yeah, back then that was the that was the drill. Um, I, my my other AKA was uh, eyeballs. What? What? Yeah, Do so, tell. When I used to play footy, you know, like you'd, you'd just play tag down with your mates at the park or whatever. You, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, when I when I'd go for a run, you know, my eyes used to open up twice the size. So yeah, eyeballs was was it. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Learn more about me than I've ever shared before. Well, that's see, this is what we want, mate. We make real connections on this show. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right. let's get into the nitty gritty, Steve. All right, yeah. now <laughs> you're gonna keep doing this. <laughs> Look, I promise you that I won't. Let's let's be serious. You promise, right. you promise. okay? Oh, good. All right, okay, Wait, eyeballs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so mate. Let's get let's start with the full yarn event, hard hitting questions here. Now, Dan, you were the last proprietor proprietor of Flyworld, a fly fishing shop, dedicated fly fishing shop based in Perth. Um, now, for people who don't know, like you, you took that over from from Chris Dunham, and it's been around for a little while. But recently, you decided to just um, I'm not sure of the best word to describe it. Maybe you could help out there, but it's no longer. Can you um can you tell us a little bit about what went on there? Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's let's drill into the hardcore stuff first up. Love yeah, it. we'll get this out of the way. Yeah, okay. So, so what? Why close the shop? Um, okay. So f- first up, there's many many factors that, that are going on. It's like a perfect um, perfect storm sort of went on. That there was like four or five things that all just sort of happened at the same time. Um, had a personal thing, but that wasn't really the big one, but it was just a, a thing that sort of kicked me in the, in the ass from behind. Um, so yeah, there was definitely a personal matter that, that sort of didn't help along the way. Um, but I won't dive into that. Um, and then, um, what I've realized across the last few years is, you know, like every business is going to become more financially viable, you know, like if you, if you if you really just buckle down, you know, the, they say five years and you're going to start making money. Um, yeah, I looked at it and I thought, oh, shit, I'm going to make money. And I'm, I'm making more money in, in the later, later couple of years. Um, but, man, this was no, no way that this was going to be a route to early retirement. Mm. Um, you, yeah, I, I, could, I could have made a sustainable existence. Um, but was there something else that, that, you know, that I could do? Was there, was there another pathway that would still give me the satisfaction of existence? 
um, and, and, and maybe give me a, a, a pathway to a better financial situation. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, so that's when I reflected back and I looked at, uh, you know, everything I've done across the last few years and, and the, the, the learning and the teaching was much more rewarding uh, than actually selling gear. Mm. Um, selling gear was a connection to people, but the downside of that was that it, it actually led to making more friends. Now, that sounds a bit counterintuitive from this point, but the more friends I made, the more difficult it was to sell to my friends. Uh, ah, I know exactly everyone, what you mean. Everyone becomes your friend, man, because, mm. you know, like as fly fishermen, we're all good dudes. Uh, good dudes or dudettes, you know, whatever. Um, Very PC. I like it. Yes. Mm. Um, so <laughs> so, so they're, they're, we're all good people, you know. So, so, so you, you can't help but get drawn to them. You can't help but get connected to them. Uh, and therefore, you can't help but want to help them. Uh, yeah. and, and, and in this modern world, man, like we are, we are so um, hammered by financial constraints that, you know, everyone's got a mortgage, everyone's got kids to feed, everyone's got a situation. Um, so I couldn't help but feel like every single time I sold them at, at you know, the, the margins that I needed to make to actually make a sustainable existence, um, that I was doing injustice to my friends. Now, does that make sense or like, you know, like, does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting take, Dan. I, 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 I see what you're talking about there, mate. And it makes sense. You, you, you know, it's, um, but please continue. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, so apart from that, you know, um, yeah, that, I, I guess I would, I would just summarize that in inverted col uh, columns. Um, I'm a shit salesman. <laughs> uh, i'm a shit salesman yeah like and so therefore you know if, if you just acknowledge that you're shit at something that, and you don't want to be good at it you don't want to be good because to be good at that means that you have to take money off people that you like mm. and i, I man I, that doesn't I, I don't buy into that policy you know that's mm. that's just not me and i didn't acknowledge that when i bought the shop i didn't acknowledge that in the first 12 months well the first 12 months i kicked myself in the ass by giving 10 percent discounts to um you know all the, all the local club members uh freshwater saltwater you know and you know what i what i found after the first year financially was yeah i i, I burnt myself by shit more money than you know i could sustain mm. Um, what a, yeah, what a dumb move. But anyway, anyway, but you know, so this is, this is the reality of, um, sales, um, in, in a, in a, in a sport that you're passionate about. Um, so, um, okay. So then there was, uh, some, and maybe some extras, uh, and it was hard to watch the changing margins over thousands of line items. So I, you know, I literally would have had thousands of, of individual products. So you've got different colors different materials, um, different sizes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so it, it's, it wasn't, wasn't an easy gig, particularly when I was working with, with very manual systems. Now, you know, maybe when I bought the shop, I should have just changed over and said, okay, go automate it all the way. So, you know, you've got uh, some sort of computer program software that, that can manage everything. But, but no, I, I, I didn't do that because the, the, that tasks sounded so enormous that it frightened the hell out of me mm. so yeah. I, did, I 
do it. And so I stayed with the manual systems. And then what I found, you know, even just uh, putting prices on, on on individual packets so that the customers could know what they were getting charged, you know, that, that to me is a very fundamental thing. You want to know what you get charged. You don't just pick up a packet and then go to the counter and go, oh, shit, that's like 20 bucks when I thought it was only going to be eight. Mm. Um, that just creates problems and, you know, that's not good for anyone. Um, so so I, I tried to, you know, and Tony and I, went, we went through hell to, to try to price everything up. Oh, my gosh. That was, um, that was months and months and months of work. And then what I found is that one of the biggest suppliers, which I won't, won't name, there's no need to name them, um, they started to use a Dropbox system uh, and uh, they would update their prices regularly. So, like, just about every single time I ordered, I had to be checking uh, what the shift in price was so that I could uh, adjust my margin. And, oh, and even even with big, big ticket items, uh, vices, for example, and again, I won't name names, but uh, they, they made changes and I didn't know about it. And then all of a sudden, boom, um, I, I, I realise I've lost two, two months of savings because I haven't looked after my margins. Um, yeah, man. So, so all in all, it wasn't an easy game. Um, oh, let, let's let's finish up with another one. Uh, the FTW. So, you you guys familiar with this term, FTW? Fuck the world. Yeah, close. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> fuck, okay. Fuck fucking time wasters. Oh yeah, oh. right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so so yeah, this is uh this is one that uh, my good friend from Cairns, uh, is also a fly fisherman. I fish with him a lot. Um, man, smack. The biggest barramundi on the planet with this dude. Um, that's a that's a story for another time, I think. Um, but yeah, that that one that one went forty two kilos, and I owe it all to Shane. But uh, long story short, um, uh, yeah, he introduced me to that concept because he was working at Bransford's Tackle in in Cairns uh, when I first met him, and um, and so then you know that followed on when I owned my own shop. I was looking out for FTWs. Um, and you know and, and and so i had a, a dude come in and, and buy uh he, he didn't buy them he actually came in tried on sizes wasted about 45 minutes of my life and was pretty convinced i i, I thought he was i, I thought it was going to be a solid sale um spent all the time with him and then he, he leaves the store i don't see him again for another few weeks and then i see him on the water and he's got the same pair of boots that he tried on with at my shop ah oh, that was heartbreaking yeah, that's it, low, eh? Didn't buy from you, obviously. No, he didn't. And so, yeah. so it's it's sort of low, but but at the same token, I, I back out and I and I reflect because I know him because as I say, they all become friends. You know, he's yeah. got a struggling situation with kids and a mortgage. So yeah. Is he going to hunt for prices? Yes, he's going to. Like that's probably what I would do in the same situation. So so two then I two different things though, right? Uh, how do you make go? Well, I mean, like it's you know, it's one thing to go and hunt for prices. It's another one, another thing to um, consume service. You know, correct, man. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't emphasize. Yeah, I can't back that up enough. Yeah. Mm. Um, so painful was that. What that one was, and yeah. there was a couple more examples that I could lay down, but there's no point drilling into it. Um, but but that's what people do, and that's what they're going to do. Yep. 
That's so, right. So, yeah, summarising the whole thing, man, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't I, – I, I spoke too long on that one, but um, – No, mate, you take as long as you want. Like, I mean, if there's another aspect to it, feel free to um, you know, elaborate on that. Like, it's, it's – you, you, you're – I'm going to I'm gonna probably make you feel uncomfortable when I say this. You're a very popular dude, Dan. Like, everyone speaks really highly of you, and I know that a lot of people are going to be really interested to hear this because not everyone would have. A lot of people would have. But not everyone would have, you know. So, um, you know, like uh, you, you're well loved across Australia. Let's put it that way, you know. So, mate, you you take your time to explain it as thoroughly and as detailed as you like. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate those words. Um, but I'll, I'll close it out there because if I go to the next level, which is around how the industry all works, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we're we're going to get into a, a a deep dive, and we don't. We don't need to do that um, because this is all about just uh, the podcast is all about helping people expand their fishing, um, not mm. not, not uh, feeling negative. That, that that mate, that is your prerogative, mate. That is entirely up to you, mate, for sure. So that's yep. uh, and that's cool, mate. If that's if that's where you want to wrap wrap that that up, that's no worries at all. But um, but there was one aspect of uh, oh, and have you is that would you mind if I um, made an observation? on that or would you have, do you have more to say go hard yeah no no i'm done um look i mean i, I guess i got a little bit of an insight because you know, we talk regularly as well but um um but you did talk about it in the beginning there about having you know like i mean you can you can talk about the specifics and all that sort of stuff but i think most people even if they're hearing this for the first time would see that you know like you 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 saw more more venture in in other other aspects of the fly fishing industry through your own personal you know guided by your own personal interests and that is making those connections with with people and maintaining those friendships of course but also um in in the sake of um of sharing and and to quote a well well beaten path phrase to get people connected and that can either be like you know connected with each other but also connected to um uh, aspects of fly fishing that that you that you're already experienced with that you can share with them and that's what it sounds like to me is that like you might have found yourself daydreaming in the shop going i i just this is not my calling you know oh, man you hit the nail on the head yeah. <laughs> like if, if 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 i if i didn't have that out um, I would still be doing what I do or I would have sold the shop and then I would have moved on to doing lab work or environmental science or something from my past life that, you know, um, aquaculture. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, um, I, I think that I had the, the way out when I saw all these problems that I just talked about, mm. I actually had a way out, which was to, um, uh, to, to evolve this concept of, uh, tuition and teaching and sharing and you know there's there's lots of words that you can attach to this um and and so that's that's what i've chosen to do so so there there was my out so so with the out um what i'm working on at the moment so i've, I've gone fully mobile on the road um i've got a a, a a little cool little um vessel in tow man um so she's uh She's made from Eden Industries. She's a prototype um, hull, and uh, she's a poly poly boat. Uh, uh, yep, so so tough as nails. Fifteen mil in the hull, uh, probably five mil through the middle. 
Um, I've got a Honda 20 sitting on the back, um, four-stroke and a 56-pound uh, Minn Kota up the front, um, uh, Humminbird Helix, eight-inch up, you know, sitting on the side, and she's got a beautiful front casting platform, beautiful rear casting platform, towing around in a Prado, and I'm on the road. And and what my concept here is is to is is to be working on building. Uh, you know, I, I, I hate using words like the best because the best is like a bullshit um, advertisement. The best. Uh, the best fish and chip shop in town, the best um, whatever. Um, that's bullshit. It's, I'm, I'm going to work on the best that I can produce, um, um, online learning resource um, that I can. And with that, so 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 with with an online learning resource, like this 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 was the big headbutt I faced when I when I decided to make this move and and a lot of the people I bounced off to you know just get some genuine feedback from you know they're saying that YouTube YouTube has got too much to offer um, so therefore why would why would somebody pay some dollars uh, to, to make money um, uh, to, to, to you know to spend their money um, when there's so much off on YouTube but but what I did man I, I, and I did the deep dive on this one um, so, so I wanted to, and this was a pilot pro project that's nothing to do with the venture that I'm taking, but I'm, I'm going to sidetrack for a moment. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to catch Mulloway on fly. Um, you know, we got a great Mulloway fishery here in the Swan River in Perth, but, you know, they, they are, they're a very pretty secretive fish, man. Like, you know, and every single ecosystem, every single environment is going to have a different way that you need to approach it and, and, and a way that you need to tackle it. From from deep water, um, fast-sinking lines and fast-sinking flies all the way through to top water. Um, they're, 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 they're an animal. So what I did, right, is that I employed um, – well, I tried to employ five people from some website where you can employ people to do website research from India and uh, China and and I, I can't remember the name of the website, but um, basically it's just it's just cheap resources for internet research. And I said, you know, I want everything to do with Mulloway on fly, and I, it was six dollars six dollars an hour for these people. So. What I got back was absolute horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> this is, is this on Fiverr? Fiverr.com? Fiverr, yeah. Yeah, yep. that's one. Yeah. Yep. And, man, absolute crap. So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's absolute shit that I got back. But they did give me some good, hard um, Excel spreadsheets that, you know, they gave me, they gave me the links. Now, I, I asked for everything from um, just web pages through to uh, research papers podcasts, um, every single internet um, resource that was available, and I got horseshit back. And I thought, well, if I wanted to learn how to catch Mulloway on fly, then I've got a – there's a gap in the market. Now, why don't I fill that gap? That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so that planted the seed. That led to this. Now, when so so as I'm traveling around Australia and I and I move between the postcodes, um, I'll be sending out to my internet database. I'll be posting on Facebook. I'll be posting on Instagram. I'll be moving into this area. Is is anyone keen to fish? Is anyone keen to 
go out for a day um, and learn. Now, one thing that's really important to me is that uh, people that take me out as I move through the postcodes, they need to be assured that um, I'm not going to share spots. I'll share learnings. And I think we all as fly fishermen want to share learnings, but, you know, spots are sacred. We have to, we have to maintain that. Mm-hmm. There's no, no, no escape in that. Sure um, is. So, 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 yeah, I'll share the learnings of that trip, but I will not share the spots. Um, and, uh, and unless the, sh- the spots are mine to share, if I find them, they're mine. Well, it, it uh, would be a, dif- a difficult situation with that one because let's say, you know, you're out there with a punter and, and they show you this is where I'm at, what am I doing wrong here? You know, well, then the spot is part of the learning, you know. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I mean, you're going to you're gonna have to, um, part, of, part of that tuition, I would imagine, would be the part of breaking down why you're either in a good spot or the wrong spot. Well, that's an easy answer now that I think about it. I give that punter, as you call them, or, mm-hmm. you know, that player, um, I'll give them what they need to know about that spot, but I don't share it on, on social media. Oh, no. of course. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. 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 So what, what does the actual venture look like, mate? What's the, what's the deliverables? Like what, you know, will, will people hook up? Will we go in their boat? You know, where, tell us about it. Tell us some more. Give us some meat and veg. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep the meat and veg to myself a little bit, but, but right. I'm, yeah. Um, you know, just because I just want to launch things first, but but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll 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 give you what I what I think I can. Um, okay, so a uh, little bit going back to that Mulloway story that I told you about before. Like, mm. imagine if you could make um, the ability to filter through the bullshit on YouTube mm-hmm. and give you, give you the gold nuggets quickly, so you could go into one resource. And um, and and then and then uh, have a, an industry expert. Now I'm not going to call myself an industry expert because I freaking hate using that word expert. I'm not, I'm not that, but I'm I it, do fish a lot. It um, does sort of set you up for criticism, hey? Like if, if you're a self-proclaimed expert, or even uh, if someone else calls you an expert, you know it does it does um, it correct. does immediately give you something to live up to, and and you know a lot of people correct. don't like that pressure. Correct. You know, that, no, it, it's only in the term, though, right? You know, it's only in the, in the term expert. It's it's um it's it's it, it's it's a it's a beta term for those reasons that you pointed out, Vols. You know, yeah. Because yeah. if you've got something genuinely genuine to offer, you know, you don't really need to call yourself an expert because you've got res- results. You know, you've got like we say on the show, you've you've got the beef. You know, you've got the um the meat and veg to be able to show people and people can see that and then people will want to, um, you know, want the same achievements. You want, want the same results. So, you know, I guess the term expert is, is something used by people who are, well, what they say, an expert is just a drip under pressure, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's always a, a good cliche. Let's go, Dan. Keep talking, man. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that leads me to another point. I mean, something you just said there, Chris, just just led me on to another thing. There is that um, the, this concept about being a, an industry expert. Um, you know, there there are no freaking industry experts. It's bullshit. It's a bullshit term. But but you 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 want to you want to just create the the concept that if you if you come to this resource that I'm going to create, that you will get 
good information. That's all I'm aiming for. I, I don't yeah. want to. Uh, there's nothing else. Um, yeah. And so, so with this, there's no way I'm going to tackle the world of trout. There is just too much great information on on the on the web. Now, what I would do with trout is that I would review every single online content, and I would. I, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to rate them in a score out of 10 for learning and a score out of 10 for fish porn. Mm, right. And then I can give everyone else the access to the information so they don't have to waste their time doing what I had to do in the Mulloway project. Because when the Mulloway project went south with these, uh, with fiber, I ended up doing it. I woke up 2 a.m. in the morning and I've gone, fuck, 2 a.m. In the, in the morning. Yeah, that, yeah, okay. I've, I've just done a double thing there. 2 a.m. Um, yeah. What's that called? You did, you did. You did. You did an ATM machine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I wake up at two a.m. and I um in the morning. In the morning, yes, correct. Uh, yep. This is um and um I, I I I had to do my own research and I didn't stop till eight a.m. Six hours. Yeah. And what I did is I rated everything from from ten to ten in fish porn or learning resource. Now, if you wanted to learn how to catch mulloway and fly, I've already just given you everything you needed to know um, from my point of view. Now, I'm not saying that's in, uh, industry expert shit. I'm just saying that's my point of view. And this if is people really interesting. To, Sorry. So if Say people want, if people want to come along. Uh, and and follow me and follow my journey and follow what I know, then you're welcome to join the resource um, because I will give you the shortcut of of learning or fish porn because some nights people are sitting around with their glass of red wine and they're they're, they're just chilling out. They just want to watch fish porn. They don't want to, you know, learn. But then other times, man, and this is this is the thing that I learned from Flyworld is that people want to learn. Everyone that works in that shop, man, it, it doesn't matter what part of the learning curve they're in. They, they all want to learn. Mm. Uh -huh. So give them the learning. Yeah. So, so can I maybe, – maybe I could word this. So you're talking about curating existing information. Yeah. That's a pretty cool idea because the, the – um, the, um, Don't the steal it. No, no, I, no, <laughs> don't worry. I'll stop you. You, you can make brushes. I'll, I'll, I'll curate YouTube. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, because the, the, the hook here is that, you know, although anyone could curate YouTube, the hook is that, like, it's not Dan Ivanov curating YouTube, you know, or not just so much right. YouTube, the internet, you know, for, uh, for information. Like you just said, what we've got, the problem we've got there is, is, is too many directions for people to turn. Right? Too many free directions for people to turn, and it's um and the problem is how does someone? This is a this is a really interesting problem, Dan, and I, I'm I know I'm repeating what you said in a different way, but I just want to maybe maybe drive it home for people that aren't getting this because people should definitely get on board with this when you set this up because um you don't know don't know where to turn. Like I, I look at it with um with with even with fly time, people say, you know, there was a moment on the show here we talked about a particular flat wing video that we talked about and there's there's like 50 flat wing videos but there's only one that that you could recommend nice. to people and like it's not only like um 
Sorry, so just on a, on a real sort of thing here, I went on a, on a forum and recommended that video because I found it useful. And I had someone who hadn't tied a flat wing come back and go, I, found, I didn't like that video. I found this other one that was that was uh, better. Well suited and, to my skills. Yeah, and yeah, anyway, I humbly disagreed. But I, I, it, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting concept, you know, like the, the quality of information, grading the information, um, and um, and a term that's come to light during a, during this pandemic is misinformation. You know, it, it's as equally as dangerous as no information. Probably more dangerous. Mm. You know, you can send people down the wrong path. Correct. Um, and you know, as a as a knowledge manager, which is, it sounds like what you're going to get into, Dan, this is this is fantastic. You know, like um, it's it's often said that um, you know um, if you have data and you give it con um, if you know you have data and and you give it a um context it becomes information if you give information context it becomes knowledge and um and if you can if you can contain that knowledge and make sure people are acting on the best knowledge or the most relevant knowledge um they're going to move forward in the fastest way possible so um you got it yeah mate it's a, it's a good content uh concept you got here and um i, I look forward to 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 the next step, mate. So, what else can you tell us about? Oh, shit. Have we exhausted this subject or not? I, I don't know. I'm, oh, well, I, I mean, it is it is a pretty simple concept, I suppose. But I guess, um, <clears throat> like you know, Volti just now that I've I've reworded what you've said and and you've been. I mean, essentially, you're um well, like what Volti Volti just made up a um a whole new trade, knowledge management, and um. But it's a pretty apt way of describing it, really. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Associate Diploma of Knowledge Management. I can see it happening now. I'm Do you want to hear something funny? I've got a go. I've got a, a bachelor level degree in knowledge management. Yeah. Is there really? Is, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, such a it, thing? yeah. It used to be a strand of IT, um, and I was I was too. Um, uh, my brain didn't suit programming. So um, I wasn't disciplined enough to, to do that uh, as a low-level task. Soon to be obsoleted by machines, I believe, all you programmers out there. So um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, we, if you were going to start your business, Volsi, what were you going to call yourself? Uh, <laughs> Chris already knows the answer to this. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, Eyeballs.com. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, eyeballs. Yeah. No, what was it? What was it going to be again? I can't remember, actually. <laughs> so uh yeah back back when i was studying was before the um uh way before the millennium bug hit obviously or, or failed to hit and just disappeared <laughs> the y2k and, uh, yeah y2k and uh had this it was around the birth of the you know where the internet um became uh more than just a um a resource from a um a university um Basically, you know, like it, it, it reached its potential as, as a worldwide thing that, you know, obviously it, I'm not going to waste your time. Go, go look at the origins of the internet. Um, yeah, anyway, thanks. and, and I had this great idea that I was going to start a, a, a business called, um, even though the name picked out, uh, Vol as in the first part of my, uh, surname Vol and then Kong, you know, cause everything was dot com, you know, Volcom anyway. And I thought, well, that's fucking oh, cool, nice. you know, I know. And then one day I'm, um, Around about the same time, I'd, I'd got my license and I was driving uh, driving around on the sunny coast. And I saw this car go past and um, had a big Volcom sticker on the back. I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. Hang on, that's my idea. What the fuck? 
anyway, and because uh, I wasn't a skatey, um, you know, I didn't understand. Skeg head. Yeah, mate, yeah. So yeah. just been moving in. In, um, I've been having my head in too many rugby scrums, not enough time in the in the park, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And because uh, bel- kids these days not going to believe that you know you couldn't you couldn't possibly know these things. You, you know the different discrete worlds that didn't that didn't bump into each other. Um, and you know I guess that ties into Dan's future business plans is this interconnectedness um, and the ability to to um, to to access the right information to use it to, to move quickly is um, is going to be paramount to your success into the future as a fisherman and just as, as living, you know. So um, it's a good well, habit. There you go, Dan. Don't call yourself Billabong. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Or rip curl or anything like that, okay? Yeah, rip curl or even, you know, on a fly fishing level. I mean, eyeballs has already been taken, hasn't it? So I've got a good name. What about Quicksilver? Quick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan, I think that's well, what um. About, what, what about Volcom? Yeah, I think it's been, it's been taken. Damn it! Yeah, Google it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> on fiber. Yeah, it's the yeah. little company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mate, yeah. the thing is, I suppose is uh, you know, it's all. I mean, pe- people are going to be interested in setting goals, and and you know, like, and and they're going to need. I mean, just to speed it up. I mean, in back in the days before, uh, you know, the Super Information Highway, um, you know, put out would have to figure it out ourselves. But you know, like those um, those goals, setting those goals and achieving them, you know, is going to be a very big part of of your service for those people. That's for sure. But um, but speaking of setting goals, Dan, uh, in the since the last time we've spoken to you, um, strong segue here. Um, I know that you. Uh, set yourself a, a, a goal and achieved it, and an impressive one as well. Why don't you tell us about West Coast Tasmania and what that what that means with what I just said? Oh man, um, the West Coast Tasmania journey was was amazing. So um, I get a phone call, uh, and it was early in the morning. It was early. I don't know the hour, but it was it was before dark. But uh, there was two a.m. in the morning. Yeah, there was a gap between Tasmania and uh, WA. Get yep. the phone call, um, and uh, I, 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 he turned into a dear friend. Um, but yeah, at the moment, he was just a he was a gentleman by the name of Kerr Gillum, and yep. we dealt through Flywell several times before. Uh, and he says, "Ma'am, we got a shot um, at getting big um, Southern Blues on fly, um, but you have to be in Tasmania. You have to be here in two days." <laughs> so, so, so I wake wake up that morning to that message and go, oh, "Shit, I'm in WA. You know, I've got to get all the way over there." I, yeah, this was definitely post COVID, uh, pre COVID. So it, 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 you know, we didn't have any COVID issues, but two days is still pretty monstrous effort to get to the west coast of tasmania from wa um and you know pulled it off thanks to my my dear friend steve Uwe, um who picked me up from launceston airport and drove me all the way out to uh devonport or some somewhere over in the north um where kerr picked me up kerr took me over then had a night's sleep and and met the next two days were some of the craziest shit i've ever seen so we're on the west coast of Tasmania. We're talking about big seas. Now, 
normally it's 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 too big to go out normally um but this guy guy knows the launch point he knows uh the the waters um and so i've got a good skipper on board man and he, he's just willing to get me hooked up because he'd landed a 140 centimeter fish just uh just that season well wow. on the fly on the fly yep yeah well wow. now i've got no idea what the weight of that would be because they start girthing out something serious when they uh -huh. hit about 30 they start girthing think of snowtown um, like a 44 gallon drum right uh, <laughs> <laughs> full of acid corpses yeah. yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. No, all good. Um so so man, we're dropping these um so what we got is we're sounding these 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 monster fish. You know, like we could tell on the sounder that these were big, big fish. The biggest I think he's pulled to the boat um is somewhere in the realm of two hundred kilos, something like that. It's it's, this it's is the, it's the meter forty, you reckon it'd be about two two hundred no. kilo? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, he 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 actually fished conventional first, right? Um, so the biggest he landed on fly was around the one forty um, centimeters. Centimeters, but the biggest he pulled in was way bigger than that on on conventional. Far uh, out. What is he? He must have like a, a a like a bed or something like that on that boat. How long does it take? It must it must be close to a day. No. But this is this is this is why, man. This is why this is a cool story, is mm. because, um, man. And I wish I could recount who he learned this from, because he 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 actually has not developed this trick from uh, his own experiences. He did learn it from somebody else online, um, but the deployment of it, he he actually exercised and taught me it. So so what we're dealing with. Shit, uh, which way do I go in the story? Um, so, so what we're dealing with, man, big fish um, can be turned with three solid whoops from the butt of the fly rod. All right. So, so imagine um, uh, the pumping, uh, pumping, what, what is it pump called? Pumping wind. Pumping wind. Yeah, yeah. imagine pumping wind, but then don't pump the rod up. No, you, 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 you give it from the butt. So the rod is almost straight. Then you pump up to your chest with a straight rod once, twice, three times. So, so uh, you're like punching it almost, like at a fish's uh, end. Yeah, you're punch almost. Yeah. You are you are you are wrestling this thing like it's never been wrestled before, man. This this thing doesn't even know what it's what what it's is, copying. Is this uh, done on a short line or a longer line? Like there's gonna be a bit of stretch in the fly line, or is it is it, um, you know, for maximum effect, is it no stretch fly lines? All that will do is just change the amount of pumps you've got to do. Right. You oh, with the stretch, the, more stretch, it, more pumps. Yep, correct. The, the objective is you just slowly work their head back to you. So if you pump once, it doesn't move. Pump twice, it moves a little bit. Pump three, pump four, whatever you got to do, you turn their head, but with a straight line. And once it's straight, the stretch actually takes it takes the you know t uh, the stretch doesn't matter that much because you're straight. Does that make sense? You're not re releasing the slack. 
So if you are just pumping a straight line, you have got constant tension at all times. Oh, so you're not you're not winding. That's this is the part that's no, easy to it, miss. No, it's just no, pump, no. pump, 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 up till it gets up. Yep. Then wind. Once yep. you turn the head, now the head's facing up. Then you lift. Now you can start the game line. And so that fish took me 24 minutes to land. Wow. Far out. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yep, man. Uh, it, it was it was massive. And so then the, the next part of this little dot point uh, equation or, or chapter is um, mm. I'm at Cocos Island. We're fishing Horsburgh Island on Cocos. Yeah. And um, my mate Sean Slevik, man, um, fucking legend of mass destruction, this dude, um, he's walking along a rock ledge with me and he spots he spots the GT coming through. And this is gnarly country, man, this is scary country, you know. Like you don't really want to catch a fish here. And so, but, but you know, obviously you cast, you do what you can. Bam, he gets the shot, he gets the eat, and then this thing just starts heading out to the horizon through one gap in, 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 in the, in the coral and this thing's gone. And I said, man, just slow him down and then hit him with four pumps. And, and he did it. And I think on the third pump, um, he turned the head, he got the fish back and he landed. Now I'm not saying this was a monster fish, but it was a gnarly situation. And he landed that fish and it, it uh, in my best guess, would have been 25 to 30 kilos. Wow. No um, slouch. So, yeah, no slouch. Not a, not a monster, but holy crap. It was a great effort. So this technique, you reckon, is, um, is, is uh, transferable between species? Well, it appears that way. I don't yeah. have enough info, info man. I, 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 can't, I can't say that you know, this is going to work every time. But the concept, if you think about it, if you hit them once, twice, three times, maybe four times, and you just get their head turned slightly back to you, then you give pressure, then you wind, now you've turned the head. And that's got to be the, the, the fundamental with the big fish is turn their head. Because if their head is away from you, you know, mm. shot. I was just thinking, I'm wondering if that would work with Voltsy at an alcoholic lemonade keg. <laughs> Punch me three times. Just turn your head three times. You know, like he's get his head away from it. And then um, and then give him a proper proper beer or something like that, you know? I, Snap out of it. We, my we, mind we, is, we is racing it. here, Dan. My, sorry to jump in. My my mind is racing here on a on a few of these things. Um I've got a lot of questions, a lot of things to unpack. So be prepared for some questions later on. Um, does, does this technique have a name? Can we call it the one, two, three punch, the falcon punch, something? I don't know. What, what do you call it? Well, let's name it, man, because it has no name. Dan's punch? No, nah, it's not mine because it's not mine to give. The herb. Right. What's this guy's name? To give. It's not Kerr's to give either because Kerr learned it from Kerr. somewhere else. Kerr. Uh, so I wish I had more information about where Kerr got it from because that could give us the answer, but... Uh, at the moment, no, I'm, I'm, man, I've got nothing to give you. Um, this is maybe just a punch or something. I don't know. I, I, okay. I, 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 I so what about, like, it's got to be after the fight settled down. Obviously, you can't work against a running fish. like a Correct. Fish yeah, you, you've got to wait for it to slow its first run down or its, right. run, its run. It could be a first, second, third run. Right. Yeah, you've got to wait. 
the line can be right out though. Like, we're talking, we're not talking about gaining line and stopping from doing circles. We're talking about like this, this, this fish is exhausted from its first run and um, and uh, is probably yeah. That's what we're talking about, right? I'm 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 an RM because I'm start I started thinking tuna, then I started thinking GT, and and they're different they're different fights, but they both have a have a, a pretty decent first run. Uh, yeah, is this where we're talking? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Man, uh, what, what about a tuna circling under the boat? Can you, can you? Yeah, well, that's you... exactly what I was dealing with. I had a thirty-five kg tuna sitting under the boat, and you got the rod pointing straight up and down. And you... yeah, but you be, you wait for the right angle. Yeah, right like, when it's, it's facing circle. away from you. Yeah, circling. Yeah, so so you wait for that right angle where it's it's away from you. Now you pump that son of a bitch. I reckon we do something similar, Vols. Like, you know, like when when you got, a, 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 like, well, we can, I mean, well, not, well, I can only relate it to long tail, never fish for southern bluefin. But um, that technique, like when when a, when a fish is swimming away, you just, you know, put that rod angle down, you just lock up on it. Yeah. And the fish just planes up and it sucks air and it just comes back on its back. And then, you know, like that's that's so detrimental to breaking that thing's spirit. You know? Yeah, yeah. When you got the imagine the line running along the fish's dorsal. Yeah. I you know, like you're you're trying to run the run the line to touch its tail along its dorsal. Yep. You know, you're literally stopping it from swimming forward, you know. But stopping oxygen that, going over skills. Yeah. That is exactly like stopping the GT, but you you, you still want that angle. Mm. Yeah, right. Well you that's know, what we're saying. So it's transferable. Or, oh sorry, agree? Dan. Uh, you go, mate. You we concur. Yeah, so, of... so yeah, there, there are similarities between fighting the two species. Hmm. Yeah, right. Well, I guess all pelagics could probably be looked at the same. Correct. You know, I mean, Goldie's dog it out, Queenie's dog it out. You know, well, other other forms of trevally all dog it out. Tarim, tea leaves. You know, oh, Goldie's are the best at dogging it out. Those son of a bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we love them. Yeah, we love to hate them. Yeah, uh, I I rate them in every way. I could even eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan. So um, that that's a fascinating uh, thing. Was there any was there any revolutionary technique for for finding a fish? You said you were marking them. Um, were they breaking at the same time? Like where? Uh, uh, this is this was all all the normal news. You know, like um, you're looking for seals. You're looking for um, birds. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, and you know this patch of reef that that Kerr you know put us on you know he he knows it so I mm. can't I can't really give any gold nuggets uh, there except for all the normal news. Right. Yeah. No. I was just I was just curious. It's it's so, so foreign to me. I'm going to ask. Uh, you know, I'm, I've got a lot of dumb questions to ask, but I don't want to hold up there. So no. I, I was I was away from the. Did you just ask for GPS coordinates there? But I stepped away for a second. It sounded like a. When, the way Dan answered there, oh, it's all part of the um, the knowledge management, mate. Just oh yeah, okay. yeah. I'm sure Dan will provide them when you pay. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I've got a challenge for you. I, I know on your first Good. the first uh, the first time you came on this show, I was mightily impressed. And I know in the preamble that uh, Chris and I didn't mention that you did come on this show. You were our first ever guest too. So thank you very much for. It was for, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was uh, he's good, but he did impress me with his dedication to, to um, you know, the science behind his success of, of various sort of um, things. It was like whiting um, over there in the uh, 
in uh, in the Swan or in WA. Um, you were putting in a lot of time and effort, you know, on on seemingly humble and and you know bread and butter type species and getting them to take take flies on the reg rather than just being an occasional thing, mate. Dan. Yeah. So, and can I add two things? Um, yes. Following following that uh, sentence. Um, number one is going to be um, don't let me forget about the um, uh, yellow eye whiting in, in Tasmania, right? Oh, so um, that, that's mullet. where we're going to go next. Mullet yep. or whiting? Um, sorry, sorry, mullet. Yeah. Yep. But now um, what I've learned from, from the whole whiting situation is that it doesn't matter about the worm choice. Um, the engagement in the bottom has been hugely important, but it doesn't matter about the material you use. It's more about the, the technique and the fact that the, the fly definitely needs to engage with the bottom, so you definitely need tungsten or lead, and it doesn't matter if it's, if it's just a bit of craft fur over the top. Mm. It can be the most simple fly on the planet. Um, Brett Clark, um, I think he, he called a fly called the, the, the Naked Charlie. Um, I call it the Lead-Eyed Nothing. Right. Um, and we developed it at different times, uh, around the same time, but, you know, different parallel. Parallel evolution, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, man, all it is is just a heavy-weighted fly yep. with a craft tan body. Just right. too, too like tight. A, like, a, like an anorexic clouser. But Correct. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, man. Uh, and that fly would probably work just as well as well. Um, and it well, it, and it does on on bigger flat species for sure, like goldies. Yeah, In fact, this is incredible. I reckon it will work on on whiting just as well, and yeah. work on everything just as well. It doesn't matter about the fly choice so much. It matters more about the technique. That's right. my, yep. that's my current line of thinking, and that's what I'm working on at the moment. Engaging with the bottom. Oh, you've got to engage with the bottom. So what right. I mean by that, you need a heavy-weighted fly that actually scrubs the bottom. If it doesn't yep. move the sand or the mud or the sediment or whatever you're fishing over the top of, it yep. me means nothing. Right. Um, it's it's just it's just dusting the bottom. It's just it's floating over the bottom. It's you know like a, a, a bee chain eyes. Oh, they're just going to drift over the bottom. Right. Okay. They're not going to engage with the sand. Now, what does what does it mean when they engage with, with, the, with the sediment is that it's trying to bury, and therefore the fish has less time to react. Right, right. Can I ask a question here? My mind's drifting to permit and permit crabs. Yeah, go. Do you <laughs> think that principle has legs, pardon the pun, on, um, on fishing crabs for permit, like the – the engagement of the um, the benthic strata or whatever you want to call it. What did you call it? The bottom, and then um, God, what a flex! Yeah, <laughs> photosynthesis. Yeah, <laughs> benthic strata. <laughs> Writing that down. That's uh, very technical, isn't it? Like, yeah, man, I'm impressed. He's got well, Google, haven't dude? Do you reckon that's got any uh, any legs in it, mate? That that theory is it something worth <laughs> testing, or is it something you've already tested? You want not talking. Can you please re repeat the question, man? Because I'm um, sorry, I, I did lose the plot there a little bit. <laughs> Do you think it'll work on permit, mate? The principle—it's got to work. Yeah, right. Well, why, why, why wouldn't it work? Like, 
That's the whole concept is the well, crab. Have you seen how fast the crab can bury itself? Yeah. You would have. Yeah. Well, and what are there we might be, a, there might be an obvious it? spanner in your work, though. No, there's not. Well, I'll, I'll paint this picture then. All right. So I'm very inexperienced with catching permit, okay? But one thing I do have noticed and have been told from people who are a lot more experienced than myself is that um, – is a couple of things, and one is that a crab's going to get and eat more often, uh, but you know, in a more circumstances, might maybe not all the circumstances, and um, and and some of the permit I've thrown out have had a good look at shrimp, but turned away from them, whether it's the fly. I mean, it's pretty realistic flies. Some of the ones uh, recently, Dylan told uh, type and stuff, and it was it was concluded on the boat through conversation that uh, a, a slow, uh, a, a static fly or a slow draw fly would probably would have gotten eat more than that. Uh, you know, feeding it like like we would with the goalie with a shrimp fly. So keeping that in mind, like when you're talking about your your whiting fly, like your uh, you know, like your, your worm fly, uh, I know that you liked big aggressive strips to be able to engage that benthic strata and create that puff of sand um, with every time that it hits to make it look like that's it's getting away and where it, where it rests up is it's going to bury to create that reaction bite. I wonder if you're going to tie the two species in there, and, I, and I'm only just talking off the cuff from hearing this for the first time, that, um, you know, like you would get that same reaction you would get from a shrimp fly from a permit as opposed to, say, um, you know, like the, the theory of like the VGDC is sometimes mistaken for a, 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 a ugari or something like that, you know. Um, you know, you, hear, you sort of get what I'm saying here? So you might get that. The crossover might be the cast and it might see the, the fly land once, but that repetitive strip, strip, strip may be uh, may may not cross over. But the idea of it, the reaction of it burying in the sand, like you said, might only be available from that that first cast. Uh, what say ye? Damn you! <laughs> damn you! You've got me thinking now. I don't. I don't like this. <laughs> We're all overthinkers here. Yeah. Um. Benthic strata. I just want to say it again. <laughs> um, I'm I'm still a big believer in the fact that that uh, things that are going to bury will trigger a bite, right? So I'm going to back that up still, hundred uh, percent. That crosses yeah. over yeah. with with my rant at least, you know. So we've all yeah. that's worth, which is not much. Oh, what do you mean it's not much, man? Well, I'm not I'm not experienced with permit, you know. I have, to, I have to go a long way to put myself in front of them, yeah, which I don't. You're, you're an experienced fisherman. It doesn't matter what species is. You know, if you, you know you if you understand the the species, then you you sort of understand how they're going to respond, and therefore your 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 comments are still very valid. Yeah, they might be might be valid comments, but not just not based on the beef, you know. So, but but yeah, but I'm just interested to hear what you guys think in regards to that because I think that. Um, it crosses over, but just done at one point, as opposed to being a similar technique, you know. Because that's right, isn't it? like the way you're saying you're stripping that that you know your worm fly intentionally. Ah, uh, sorry, as it was intended the first time when it was um, uh, innovated for purpose. Uh, that being a whiting fly was that aggressive strip. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's that's right, isn't it? Oh, correct. Uh, aggressive strip on the bottom. Yes. Yes. Now, what you got me thinking about was. Um, how does a um, and I've got some I've got some video footage of this as well. How does a prawn slash shrimp flee when if you if you if you look at that in the water and it's getting attacked? Have you guys ever seen a, a prawn or a shrimp flee? Yes. 
Okay, so what does it do? Well, it it will it will uh, traverse or, or mosey around forward, but it will flee backwards. Yeah, does it go up or down? It goes up. Correct. Yep. So therefore, maybe the fast strip, without the heavy engagement of the bottom, uh, could actually be an important important point for some flats and some species. Oh, but, I agree. I I think if you're sorry, Gigamet. No, nah, man, that's all I got. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say the effectiveness of fishing a, a shrimp is that it sinks faster than your fly line. Like, I mean, you if you were to cast it out, and uh, I mean, you could drag drag it across the bottom, which is a separate technique again. But I think that um, getting that reaction from that fish for that very reason, that your fly line needs to be above your shrimp. What do you think, Volts? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, it, it's hard. It's going to take a lot of fish and a lot of rejections and and a lot of um, a lot of um, you know eats to to prove that. I look forward to that process. But, um, <laughs> I'll help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Walt, but um, man, don't don't hear me wrong. Like if if I'm fishing the worm fly, I still want it to to be on a floating line. Yep. Um, because I want it to to engage. Then I want it to pop, then engage, then pop, then engage, then pop. Yeah. So that whole process, it's not just it's not just one thing. It's it's yeah. it's That's the great. whole thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, have I made yeah. sense? Yep. No? Yeah, the, to, to say the same thing another way, you want it you don't want it to be engaged in the benthic strata in between strips, you want it to lift up and oh, then okay. uh, and then create another puff in the benthic strata. That's critical. Yep. Because that that answered the next question I was gonna gonna ask was, you know, if you're all about engaging the bottom, you know, would would you be better off doing that with a um, with a you know straight out fast sinking line, you know, um, yeah. but but obviously you know you've qualified that statement and now now I can see the through your through your wisdom of of uh, experience that, oh, that come on and don't you, say those words. <laughs> You expert. expert. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, yeah, he's. Um, I can hear him blushing. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the uh, the floating lines way to go. Is what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool, mate. Nice. Yeah, and even with a floating line, you can still draw the fly through the sediment. So if I, if I'm fishing a soft sediment, the first thing I do is I, I'm walking I'm walking through the sediment and I'm gauging how my feet sink into the sand mm. or sink sink into the sediment. Sorry, right. right? If if it's a hard rock solid thing, man, that tells you a lot about where you are. If it's if it's if it's medium soft tells me a lot about where i am and if it's super soft tells me a lot about where i am what does it tell you though uh well, how does it change it? the way you fish does it change the way you engage oh the it absolutely changes the way you fish yeah tell me right so so the the softer the sediment you gotta you gotta control that that sink rate and you gotta you you just want it to be moving across the sediment so it's disturbing it but if it's too heavy a fly it's going to sink into the sediment and the fish can't find it right okay it's interesting yeah um if it's a hard sediment man if it's a hard sediment move on just leave because hard sediment, hard sediment is, is is like rock and um therefore 
there is no chance for worm beds to um, happen. There's very little chance that crabs can bury quickly. Um, so they don't they don't like that shit, man. Um, examples being some of the flats I've fished in New South Wales, um, all the way through to Perth, um, in, even in Cocos, you will yeah. not find bonefish moving across a hard sediment sand. That it will not. That that they may move across it, mm. but are they going to feed on it? Not no a feeding way. bottom. Yeah. It's Tell me about. Good. Sorry, mate. Have you tried this on tuskies? I quite often find them on rocky bottoms. Uh, how do you mean, man? Um. Oh, like blue bones, you might call them in WA. Yeah. Like they're, they're invariably looking for, you know, for the longest time, I thought they only ate crabs, but, you know, I've, I've since found out they're eating a lot of snails. Um, and um, Shit, I didn't know that, man. That's cool. Yeah. Well, look, that's the value of, of, of connectedness, mate. We can all share our ideas as a, a diffusion yeah. of knowledge, and, and it's great. And it's one of the, the things I'm most proud of with the podcast. Um, um, you know, is is our is our ability to to connect up with other other like minded dudes and um, share share some knowledge, and make it make it available to to you know plebs and haters for nothing out there. So that's all good. <laughs> but <laughs> just reminding you guys, you're not paying anything for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's it's a funny it's a funny scenario. Yeah, but to get to your question on. On tuskies, you know, that's that's my that's something I I love catching. Um, spend a lot of time trying to catch them. We catch them across all sorts of bottoms, but my favourite sort of bottoms are, um, are normally, uh, you know, when I think about it. When you said that, it got me thinking about my favourite bottoms for tuskies, and it's and it's you know invariably rocky, pebbly, that sort of thing. Yeah, man, um, we got to have another chat about this in our own personal time because this this is another conversation that could go for another hour. But um, yeah. I'd love to know how how um, and it's not it's not so it's not a challenge at all. It's, I'd love to know how an inquiring mind from from the other side of the the nation has you know who who approaches things um, you know with a with a scientific bent for want of a better word or, or term, um, would come up with tackling a s scenario because sometimes, you, you know, you, everything you throw at them gets a decent look at, sometimes an eat, sometimes everything you throw at them just sends them into, into space. You know, they, they're pretty um, – they're real fly scrutineers at other times too. So – I, th I think the best way for you to learn that, Vols, would be to – and I'm not saying this sarcastically, or you know, is to go and – you'd have to go and, like, uh, explore – the knowledge that, that Dan would offer in regards to that fly for its intended innovation being a whiting fly. Yeah. And then, um, and, and to, and then, you know, not so much become an expert in it, but, um, but just understand it because then you, you would have an understanding of both species then to see that crossover technique with that stuff because, yeah. um, you know, right. yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, I, I really can't comment on beta. Like the thing I'm getting lost on, on just listening to it. And the, the thing that's obvious to me is that it seems and it could be, it could be um, oh, an easy hey. thing to get. Hey, what you there, Dan? Please, please, I'm, I'm, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh, Dan, come you there? On. You're killing me. We can hear you, Dan. Fuck me. <laughs> oh. What's going on, man? Yeah, just th three boys. Um, 
Hang on, now I've got an old man in the on me. Hang on. Sorry? Yeah, absolutely. Can, can you put him on, Dan? Sorry, guys. Put, nah. put him on. I'll have a chat to this. <laughs> Let's talk to him about Benthic Strata. <laughs> <laughs> That'll sort those boys out. Yeah, sit down, boys. Yeah. Gather around. What do you know yeah. about Benthic Strata? These guys know the opportunity they're missing out on. Like, they're talking in class here, the motherfuckers. You know, they could be they could be lining up for a free lesson in Dan's dojo and they're missing out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Were we yeah. talking about something serious before or No, I was just gonna I was just gonna say that uh, and we and we probably should. I mean like this is this is a topic that um they could like you said go for another hour, but we are doing a podcast about Dan Ivanov, okay? Yeah. Old um <laughs> old eyeballs himself, right? And we're we're drifting down a big uh, rabbit hole here of um Using whitey flies for tuskies. Now, yeah, so if I you've made got, it all about if, me. If, I'm sorry. If, no, no, no. It's fair enough because if in one, if you've got eyeballs in one room here, and you've got Voltron or Volcom in the other room, and these two start talking about whiting and tuskies, and it crosses over. I mean, I mean, time stops, ceases to exist as we know it. You know, used to we'll just talk for another three or four hours about stuff that's just. You know, beyond the average person's comprehension. Well, I'm average, man, and I'm comprehending it. It's just that I'm looking harder and concentrating, you know? Mate, you know what? It might surprise you to learn that I wasn't actually being serious about that. It was actually oh. quite interesting, but I was more to my point of going, let's just use that interruption to probably, uh, we're an hour and five into the interview. Yep. To probably learn a little bit, bit more about um, about about what Dan's been up to and where he's, where he's been a little bit more, yeah. you know? We're, we're talking yellow-eyed mullet in Tasmania. There we go. Now we're yeah. back on track. Giddy up. Cracker Jack. Giddy up. Giddy up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So the most fun thing I have done in the last three years of my life of fly fishing, hmm. chasing yellow-eyed mullet that were the size of the palm of my hand. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. You, you, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to predict. It's hard to comprehend. It's it's hard to gather. Um, but um, so on the back end of fishing with Kirk Gillum um, for the um, Southern Bluefin, um, the next morning we wake up and the you know like the the weather's not there. You know, like when we, we it's not it's not safe and you've got to be careful over there. So so we um. So he says, "Man, you want to go chase some some little little mullet?" I said, "Yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'll do whatever. You know, I'm I'm no size queen. Let's <laughs> let's oh. uh, let's. <laughs> let, <laughs> I'm no size queen. Um, yeah. So um, so yeah, man. Uh, and this was the coolest shit I've done, man. So what happens is the beach will roll out for fifty meters at least, just." Dry, dry mm. sand. Then all of a sudden, a surge comes up, and there's these all these tiny mullet that are about the size of the palmy hand, and they're, they're it's like a it's a single shot. You got one shot, bam, bam. Um, then it's over because the tide recedes back fifty meters. Holy shit, man! Talk about intensity. On 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 a you know you're fishing small threes or four weights. So I think I was on a three, 
Mm-hmm. I think Kerr was on a five, um, just because of the sake of it, you know, like you know, you got to run what you got. Um, but you had to shoot immediately. And it doesn't matter about the size of the fish. It, it matters about the success of the capture. All right. Oh, I've got some questions. God. Please continue, though. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. It, it was the most exciting fishing I have done, except what I didn't tell you guys about uh, earlier was uh, the, the, that uh, tuna set situation. The day before, we went out for an Arvo session, and I got hit on the surface fly. So, so the 35 kilo fish I hit was on the surface fly right next to the boat, but the one I missed was at least twice that size. Wow! I bet you, bet you, thanking your lucky stars, that thing didn't eat. Oh, am I or not? I don't know. I reflect often. The circles, I could just imagine the circles. They'd never stop. The circles, come stop, stop the circles. Uh, uh, but that's where the pump and wind <laughs> thing comes Oh, in. for sure. Maybe yeah, I the triple break, hit. Maybe I could break the circle. Don't yeah. Know. Don't left, know. right, left hook. But, man, this thing was definitely at least twice the size. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, a, that's a keg, mate. That's for sure. It's a keg of alcoholic lemonade right there. Um, mate. So, what's the question? Sorry. The um, question in regards to these mullet. <clears throat> um, so the difficulty in in this, like that's obviously what's appealed to you there. These fish wash up with the with a the surge. They they wash back out. It goes dry. You got a very limited time with that. What's the yep. presentation like? These these things going to hunt something down, or have you got to you got to paint a mustache on them? Yeah, you have to you have to do both. That's the cool thing. Okay, it's so what do you, what what's the fly? Is it bait fish or is it? Uh, uh, no, I was just, you know, the, the whiting worm fly. Oh, okay. So, okay. Well, what's the whiting worm fly? Is that different? To, oh, the whiting worm fly. Sorry. I thought for some reason I went mullet worm fly. So these things are picking it up off the bottom. As Correct. The same technique. Gotcha. Okay. So you can, it's a heavy fly. It's designed to like bounce and lift and bounce. Um, you know, you can't attack these fish. These fish must come from a, a certain amount of distance. What do you lead them by a meter or something like that? you do what you can do you know like because it's so fast and hard you're no longer just dealing with the problem of wind you're actually dealing with the problem of of surge uh so it's 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 like an extremely difficult scenario and that is why i loved it so much and guess what i didn't win didn't catch one no but i got so many i got got follows I, i got uh, interest, uh, but yeah, it didn't happen, and that's why I think it was it was actually cooler than actually getting the tuna the day will, earlier. Will they eat though? Oh yeah, shit yeah yeah. Kerr's got Kerr's got lots of them, but oh. the situation every day down there in the southwestern Tasmania is, is different. The surge is different. The the waves are different. The wind is different. Uh, extreme challenge. Mm. Sounds pretty unique to be uh, like a, a fifty meter dry flat, and then what? How much water comes over it? What? Six inches, six to eight inches? Not even. Right. So we're talking like ankle deep. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Extreme, intense, short, 
go hard or go home. <laughs> then that's it. That's it. So the the fly wouldn't couldn't be bouncing too far, you know, like it doesn't have the water. Oh, I I got no idea what the fly was doing in this situation. Because um, it'd have a bit it, of foam over it too. It's probably just just swinging. Yeah, and that's why it didn't work. Do you think they were looking for some anchored? I think so, but how do you anchor? Mm. It was like the most extreme, difficult situation I've ever faced. Um, so I know they can be caught because he's caught them. Right. But, but to me, it, it seems like the most difficult situation to face. Tell me, tell me, Dan, was there, um, was there any sort of fist-sized rocks handy, like on no. the rock? No. no. Okay. Anything a bit smaller? Maybe? Uh, no. Nothing. Anything larger? All right. That, that's really frustrating, eh? Yeah. Um. Are you suggesting that a rock fly? No, no, just pick it up and throw them at it. I was wondering where you were going with that, man. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah, um, you were expecting I've, something I've, benthic, weren't you? Yeah. I've thrown a lot of rocks at that fish, man. <laughs> so I, know, I knew where that question was leading. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Dan, so Dan, you've been... Um, You've been on on the road since you since um since you decided to pack up Flyworld. Yeah, you, know, you talked talked about earlier about your um your, your your vagabond your your gypsy caravan you got going on there, mate. So um so you got that pretty decked out. That took you a while to deck that out, right? Yeah, still not still not ready, but yeah, it went when whenever is it ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, so you so what um how much ground do you reckon you've covered? Um, since since hitting the road, <laughs> I tried to document this actually. Um, back about four months ago, I started to try to document it, but I got lazy. Mm. Uh, I know that I've done twelve hundred k's north, twelve hundred k's back. Uh, from from where? From Perth? Yeah, I'll, I'll just summarise it. I, I reckon I've done about four thousand k's in the last. Okay. All on the coast, and and how long do you stay all on the coast? I guess that probably need the answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh. Probably. Um. Probably. Well, fuck. I don't want to get into this, so I'll keep this really, really quick. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, had a heart heart issue. Ended up in Bunbury Hospital. Um. I had uh, arterial fibrillation. Um, I thought I was going to die. Yeah, that happened. Um, and, uh, then got out of there and then back out. So out of the four months, I reckon I've spent three months on the road and one month in trouble. Wow. wow. So, Dots, did you have a question there? Oh, I'm going to ask the most obvious one. You want to talk about the hospital? Oh, do you, do you want to hear about it? Is the, is my question. Do you want? Well, if you want to share it, we want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Um, to confront death is a very very um, interesting chapter of your life, and um, I definitely confronted it twice in the last chapter. Oh wow! Yep. Uh, I thought I was going to die. 
right. That's yeah. Well, glad you didn't, mate. Stating the obvious. Yeah. What happened? Arterial fibrillation is um, where your heart goes out of beat. Yep. And um, I woke up one morning in in Quindalup, um, which no one listening to this is going to know where they where that is. But um, yeah, I woke up one morning and I I, I couldn't see straight. I couldn't feel straight. I, I was I was wrong, and um, I couldn't get to my car. Um, and so I made the most worst of, of decisions, which is uh, to to actually get in the car and actually drive to a hospital, which was 40 minutes away. Uh-huh. Uh, and I made it, but just... <laughs> mm-hmm. When I just got there, I was um, running at 185 beats per minute on my heart, and right. then it would drop down to like 120, 110. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 150, 160, 110, bam, bam, bam. Anyway, I don't want to talk too long about this because, you know, this is just my own problem. But, um, yeah, it sucked. So did you have a – did the doctor there get you, what, an ECG, something like that? Oh, ECG happened. Um, yeah. That showed I was all messed up. Yep. Up uh, – um, they get you some electrophysiology after that, mate? Nope, they couldn't because they had a blood clot in my heart. Oh, that's bad news. Yeah. Yeah. So blood clot in the heart um, meant that I couldn't get any um, COVID vaccinations. Right. Uh, at that time because now now they know a little bit more about it. But any, anyway, man, we don't want to talk about this too long. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was pretty intense. Um, right now, um, update is yeah, running okay. All right. So that's that. I don't mean to fog over that because that's great news, Dan. I mean, it, clearly there's not much more to expand. I mean, there is a lot more to expand, but that's a lot of that stuff's private, you know. So it's good to know. I mean, I think people will be pretty happy to know that, like, um, that you're all right, first and foremost, you know, and we'll probably be shocked to learn that, like, you know, you were so so close to it going the opposite way, you know? So I think most of us, like Valti said, you know, like we're glad to hear that it panned out the way it has. Um, but you're back on the road, you know, to, to, to get back into that side of things. Um, how, like, so you're, you're traveling up and down the coast, you know, and, um, and, and fishing all these spots. You got your, you got your, um, your Prado, um, kitted out, you got your boat. Um, you know, so the the thing about no plans is is like um I'm I'm sure you're reaching some sort of rhythm like uh, how how what what decides how long you stay in in uh in in a place. <laughs> I love how podcasts can actually um test you. <laughs> <laughs> it's our yeah. skill as a uh, untrained interviewers. <laughs> <laughs> Un- did you say untrained? Yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Volti yeah. might be trained. I mean, I, I learned tonight that he's got a uh, a degree in re- uh, knowledge management, and that's you think you know a person. <laughs> kind of disappointed a little bit, to be honest. You know, well, they would have come in conversation in the first few weeks of knowing the guy, but hey, yeah, whatever. no one wants to know all that. Yeah, whatever, dude. Okay, so Keep what talking, are you saying? Dan. The question is. Um, <laughs> What where, where where am I heading? No, no. Well, what I, I wanted to I want to get see 
my angle here is that like you know i think that you're you're i mean it's not enviable to have your health problems and we we and i don't mean to sound like we've glanced over it everyone who knows you would was and 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 would now be concerned and and good to hear within that snippet that you're doing well and i know you don't want to dwell on it so I'm, i am moving past it because for the most part the way you're living your life now would be arguably to a lot of people an envious way of living your life you know it's um you're, you're up you're moving you're um you're you're, uh, you're not you're not in a static scenario and uh, i was just interested in expanding on that a little bit and my first question was you know what what is the uh the catalyst to to um to moving from from a place or what is it that makes you stay there and how long you know just get an idea of how long you're sort of residing in in certain areas just getting a sort of gist of um of of what's going on yeah okay um so number one you don't don't you don't sorry man just uh one second um yep. i'm coming don't worry I don't really know the answer to that, and um, well, that, that's cool in itself, and that that's a totally acceptable answer, really. So you're yeah. just going with the flow, yeah. You're not setting, you're not saying, you're not saying to yourself, you know what, I'm going to head there, I'm going to stay there for those tides, or the wind looks good, and while the winds, you're just just rocking up there and just um, you know, eyeballs is in town, and then eyeballs is gone. <laughs> Some sort of fly fishing gypsy. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. I don't know if I'm turning left or right when I get to the end of the road tomorrow. Oh, that's oh man, that, that you've just described that you've answered every little question I had just there in that pocket with that <laughs> sentence. You have, yeah, that's exactly it. Like how? That's what I mean. That's the enviable part from my from my point of view. You know, you get to a point where you're like, oh, I've accumulated so much responsibility. This is so shit. Uh, you know, how good would it be just be on the road and just be like fishing? And that's, uh, sounds like that's what you're doing. Well, yeah, I'm fishing, but I'm also building content. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's not just about me, it's about the ability to help and teach. So, yeah, there's two prongs, but the two prongs are there. And prong number one, which you just mentioned, is, is about me. Yeah, I am doing that. I am just living and camping. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. It sounds, so, like, sounds like you're fighting kids in car parks too, mate, judging earlier. <laughs> Boy, yeah. You've got no idea, Volty. <laughs> it's, it's all happening. What's the best way to get back to back at a at a young youth that has pissed you off, Dan? Like, I mean, what do you set up a trap? Do you steal their bike? What do you, what, what's the best way, man? And so say that question again. The best way to get back. The to... best way to get even with a with a with a uh, a robust youth in a uh, in a campground who might be annoying as fuck, you know. So what do you just steal their bike? You, you, you poison their food? I don't know. Just mildly, like a little bit of a, urine. Man, is this a serious question? No, Dan. <laughs> Dan, no, I, I don't think for one second that you're out there tampering with uh, the lives of 
Um, because, man, I could have done it. I could have. I could have. I could have played that game. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting. I'm guessing you're like you know you like you might see you might be. I can imagine you know you might be in your chair, beer in the afternoon, do the fireplace. You see these kids right along with their bikes. Old eyeballs have spotted them. You throw a you throw a stick. It lands between their spot, their spokes, and their bike. They go ass over tit, and then you turn around and go. I think he went that way. <laughs> <laughs> And then you move on to the next town. Happy days. That's not how I saw it, but <laughs> I get that well. <laughs> so it's all good. Um, but if you want to know my story, mm. then you won't. <laughs> That's heavy. That was, that was heavy. That was deep. Too ugly. You don't want to hear it. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's do all you, good, mate. Do you ever like just show up in a campground and, and change your like um, the name of your of your you know your Wi-Fi to to like WA Police Surveillance or something like that? And <laughs> people like looking for hotspots or or free Wi-Fi. Go, oh shit, the five O's here. You know, the, <laughs> you ever try that? Clear the campground of of dis unreputable people or what? No, Volty, I haven't, but you've just given me some very good food for thought. Yeah. Another good name for your Wi-Fi service is Virus Storm. I've used that before. <laughs> I don't know what the indication is, man. What, virus Storm, what is this? Well, it means if someone picks up your, your hotspot, you know, and they see the network connection on their phone, Virus Storm, <laughs> it's a brave young lad to just get on there and start surfing the net, you know? <laughs> I know I I know I'd run from that. Yeah. Virus storm does not sound <laughs> relaxing. No, it doesn't, does it? No. no. I'm not I'm not the re relaxed after this conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So All right, boys, are we are we done? Uh, mate, I think we've consumed all content. Um, uh, the knowledge. Let's just check with the uh, the knowledge manager, Volts. Uh, I I did have one more question. You know, uh -oh. I'm all about hope. Dan, tell me about about you know a, a really cool trip you got on horizon that you're really looking forward to, or a destination, or a, you know we know you we know you're keen on the yellow eyed mullet and you got a bit cooking there, but you know. Give us something really, um, really mouthwatering. On, on your last time here, you were talking about um, bumpies and how, you know, you had a theory about them just picking up flies. I think it was they were looking for something different. Can you can you throw us a bone on, on something else up and coming, either location or fish species, mate? Damn you, Volte. <laughs> Dan's thinking to himself, I was nearly asleep there for a second. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you <laughs> put me in the hot seat. Yeah, um, mate. Yeah. You can say no if you want, Dan. No, I no, okay. I'm, I'm, I'll just keep this flowing because we don't want to log it down, um, block it down. Uh, if if you if you had to ask me what the thing that I want the most, yeah, yeah, um, 
I want so those I want... kids to shut the hell up. Sorry. I don't, can you hear these guys? No, mate. We're just, we're just, we're just, we're just uh, I'm only mucking around from what you did last time with them. Going, shut up, kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Come right. on, guys. So you killed they're them. Kick, they're kicking around right now. And it's no, pissing. Um, okay. They're all um, good. Okay. If I can tick this box, then I have done everything I needed to do. Yeah. I want a big yellowfin tuna on fly. And Ooh. got it mapped out. It's going to be Cocos Island. And it's going to be with the big year that I've got coming in from T-Ball. Um, T-Ball Pacific is coming in. Uh-huh. I've, got the, I've got the lines. I've got three lines ready to go. Right. And I'm I'm ready, man. I want the hundred kg yellowfin. Oh, IGFA legal? Don't know. No, not not that doesn't matter to me. Don't care. Okay. Don't yeah. care about. I don't care about um, IGFA. No. Uh huh. All right. That's I just cool. want to. I just want to succeed. And how are you going to do it, mate? This I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is part of the cool concept, you know. Yeah. I'd... Fuck yes. Yeah. I'm on. Yeah. Um, if I get a sixty plus, I'll be happy, but a hundred is my goal. Well, a hundred kilo yellowfin is rare on any tackle, man, and you know that thing's going to have sickles that go all the way to New Zealand and back. Um, yeah, but why not have a, a target that's bigger than you can achieve? You know, yeah. fuck, just do it. You know what? I, I always say this to Chris. Chris, imagine what you could do. Imagine what you would do if you knew you couldn't fail. You know, you'd, you'd totally reach for the stars. You'd go for that 100 kilo yellow fin and, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd triple punch the fuck out of that thing, mate. That's triple fantastic. Punch. There we yeah. go. Yeah. That's yeah, really man. exciting, mate. That's probably a good good point to wrap up on the, the podcast, mate. Um, something for the future, and um, it's probably yeah. not gonna happen. But but that's, I'm just going to reach reach hard. Don't say that, mate. There can't be a plan B. That that's all that's going to happen. You're going to get this hundred yeah, yellow fin. You know, plan A is the only only plan. Yeah. All right, guys. It was man. It was awesome catching up, and um, thanks for having me back on again. Dan, it's been an honour and a privilege, and thank you for being so candid about so many issues there, mate. And um, what are we? I don't even know what we are, mate. It must be like nearly 124 episodes in between your first and second appearance. So, you know, I think we've I think we've all grown a bit. You know, we have. We have. Yeah. Thanks, right. Dan, mate. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Thanks for your support. I know we've said that earlier. Um, and thanks for your commitment to sharing knowledge, mate. It, it's admirable in a, in a world full of um, people who, who only want to be vampires and, and not give knowledge back. So good on you, man. Fantastic. Cheers, boys. All right. Thanks, eyeballs. Talk soon, eh? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sweet. See ya.
well. I really enjoyed talking to Dan. It was so good catching up with him. Um, haven't seen him obviously since episode one or two. I think I think it was. Well, welcome to the Muppets was episode one. Then we um, did a tuna special, I think, didn't we? Did we? Oh, I can't remember. I'm gonna have to go back and look. But Dan was our first legit guest who wasn't ourselves. Yeah, and and it was yeah. like asking a family member because he's he was Andy's. Well, he still is Andy's brother-in-law. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. we uh, it was a safe. That was the safest ask we had. Could you please come on? <laughs> and remember, we had we had him on, and he, Andy said he was shopping for some of his fly materials at Spotlight. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm like fuck. But here he is. Oh well, shut now. So you know, Andy has to Good go one, to Andy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spotlight one. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, his new direction is incredibly interesting. Like, I mean, I I I knew he had a new direction, and I've asked him about it, and I, I've, yeah. I've spoken to him about coming on the show here. Well, funnily enough, those who listen to the show will know that maybe around November sort of time that we had a few shows in a row, it was just us, and they were spur-of-the-moment shows. That's because that's how long it's taken us to line Dan up, you know, with this yep. stuff. We've been trying to get Dan back on for so long, you know. So, mm. and in that time frame, you know, I've spoken to him quite a bit. Dan's a friend of mine. I speak to him for you know no no reason to ring and vice versa. Yeah. And and I've I've purposely said don't, I don't want to hear about your direction. Let's talk about it on the show. Keep it to yourself. So that was the first time I heard about it too because I wanted to have an organic reaction and I wanted to hear hear it the same way guests would hear it. You know, like listeners to the show, I should say, would hear it. You know. Yeah. Yep. And um and I'm glad I did because now you know we've had a bit of a second while we um we got off the phone we said goodbyes and stuff like that and um reflect, reflecting back on the show it's good to see a friend who's got a, a a really positive direction that's not only meaningful for him to himself but is something that's a um a very interesting evolution of our industry given the times that we're in and by that I mean. Uh, he is a person that's seen an opportunity to to make something from an already saturated information source to have another tier of that, you know, and that being mm. curating information that's already there. I've not heard of anyone. I mean, well, you may have with your uh, fancy, you know, degree in, in <laughs> knowledge management. I don't know. But to me, I haven't heard of any, anyone else doing this, you know. Um I can't imagine. I don't know how he'd do it, and I, I really it's not really up for speculation for that. But the concept, uh, I think, is really interesting, don't you? Oh, totally. I think it's 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 an uh, it's when I say something, I want to compare it to sort of um, Uber for for one of a, a better thing. What's the what's the commonality there? Well, Uber don't really, you know, Uber or Airbnb, for example. Airbnb doesn't own any properties; they're just using other people's properties and you know putting them all in a place where you can find the one that you want that suits you mm. and um and in a way I, I i don't know exactly what dan's product can look like or how how it's going to work or you know how how he you know monetizes it but um you know if that's the concept where you know he he's effectively summarizing and, and grading information and you know putting putting that stuff to us um in in that way uh you know to 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 paying clients you know making making their life easier then it sounds like a fantastic concept well i think it's i think it's really good for fly fishing and and hear me out because this is the way i i see this going right now 
it's pretty common knowledge, at least in Australia here, that um, the fly fishing has, has ebbed and flowed, gone through booms, gone through busts. Uh, there's always been that hardcore group of people that have um, stayed with it. And my theory, which you know, I don't, I don't impose on others, is that the reason that uh, you know we go through bus is because of uh, a lack of information. And by that I mean, if let's say, let's say you you're in a remote part of the, of Australia, and the only access you had to information about fly fishing, if you had an interest in it, was the the an article in the back of a uh, conventional fishing magazine. Now. Some like I, I I remember that you know, and I remember a lot of that content was um, was trout centric, and I live in Queensland, but I still had an interest in fly fishing. So, without access to um, to seeing other people do it, mm. uh, and I was lucky enough to have a club near where I am, uh, and I could speak to other people and see what they were achieving, you would your interest would wane. So with social media now, this this other boom that we're apparently in, anyone can see that if I persist long enough, I can just see, achieve these results that many people are achieving on such, you know, bread and butter species, you know, whiting like Dan or flathead and not mm. just, uh, not just, um, you know, the mainstream fly fishing targets, you know, but through saturation of, of the, uh, results, you know, it's a lot of the, uh, a lot of depth is overlooked, you know? Um, I mean, we joke around on the show and we talk about, you know, following the beef and that's a bit of a tongue in cheek thing about, you know, I mean, well, it is, I mean, we, we're joking. We're not attacking anyone. We're not, we're not doing it, but if if the one good thing to come from that joke of follow the beef is that you know people would look towards results of those that are putting themselves in a position of influence and mm. see that there are no substance or no results or and it's just words. Well, then, you know, you 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 should be the people should be looking towards um, similar results that others have achieved before accepting their advice. Now, Dan is now putting himself in a position where. He could look at someone who puts themselves in that position of influence and go, you know what, client of mine, this guy has no beef. And I would suggest that this would not be the video you want to watch, you know? And 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 that and that and I think that could do nothing more than sustain this inverted commas boom that's going on to the point where it it only cements in fly fly fishing being a, a mainstream option with fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a fairly um, it's a good extension of the of the theory there. Um, do you reckon? Do you reckon? This is probably a question for Dan, but I'd be, I'd be surprised if it, if it was presented in a in a in a way like, don't look at this video. It'll be the opposite. It'll be this is one you need to look at. I, I think so too. But like you could imagine, like let's say you're a client of Dan's, and and again, we don't know what it looks like. But let's yeah. say you're a client of Dan's, and you'd be like. Oh, hey, Dan, I want to engage your services. I've been looking at this guy, this guy, this guy. And he'd be like, okay, let me see what you're already, um, what you know by just, just, just the information sources, you know, not, not, he might be on the other side of the country. Let me mm -hmm. see how you're educating yourself, basically, mm -hmm. is what he's saying. Yeah. And if he sends, sends him to someone who's like, I don't know, um, when I, what I'm about to say is, I'm going to put out a full disclaimer, it's just an example that comes to my head and is not, attacking anyone in particular i'm an ex-commercial fly tire i'm just going to use fly tire as an example but let's say um let's say um you know d this guy says to dan i've been following this fly tire and i really like his flies and i want to use those flies for the fish that i want to chase mm -hmm. and then someone like and like you know this guy this client might come from a lure background and see something like that color used to work in my lures 
and I really like that, and I think that would work. What do you think, Dan? And Dan turns around and says, well, flies aren't lures. The, uh, the, attraction, the attraction that fish have towards that, you know, that colour in combination with that vibration that lure points out isn't going to be, in my opinion, as, as productive as this one. And let me show you this person, and this is the fish that they catch on it. The guy that you're looking at there is a fantastic fly tie, a neat, tidy, takes a great photo, but where's his fish? Yeah. You know, he catches more fish on spin gear than he does on, on fly. So is that the guy that's going to perpetuate this industry? Is that person then going to, uh, without Dan's help, he would, he, is he going to follow the guidance of someone who's got no beef and then expect and then wonder why they don't get any results on the water? See, I think Dan's service is so important to the to up and comers because where do you turn? There's he's right. The, the reason he's got an op, an opportunity to create a new market or a new trade or a new industry there, I should say, is because there is such a plethora of of um of information that is very 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 hard to know where to turn unless you've already got the experience. Yeah, yeah, mate. It's upgrading the information. That's that's what it's all about. You know, it, I can't see. Um, I can't see how people. How am I going to put this? I, you know, you're right. People need to get good information. There, there's all sorts of information out there, and you know, talking in cliches um, probably doesn't help, but it, it might illustrate the 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 whole issue in a, in an easier to, to package way, but. Um, it, people, are, newcomers in particular, mightn't have the same ability as a as a seasoned, you know, someone who's been in the game a while to to look at it and and go, well, that won't work for this reason, or you know, there might be a hidden agenda from you know this party for that reason to, you know, it could be anything, you know, that mm. this fly, this bit of tackle, this um, this location or whatever, you know, people. People are going to need an analytical mind, you know, mm. and I, I, hopefully, hopefully, um, Dan's, um, you know, Dan's model or project, you know, manifests itself in in, in more people getting connected. You mm. know, I, it's it's funny how how that sort of cliche we talked about follow the beef popping up. So did getting people connected was was something um, that was said sort of in jest where we realized it was very close to our intentions and um of the podcast yeah of the whole of the whole podcast so you know in that way i'm pretty excited what dan's got got coming up should be should be good it don't don't underestimate it people it, keep an open mind it's gonna be um it's gonna be a good service i'm pretty sure of that like dan's dan's got a great professional um background to call upon uh, if if you if you know you know if you don't then you're about to find out you know he he's um he's very good at what he does. That's the thing, eh? With Dan is like he, yeah. I hope he puts out more more content because if you know you know you know like it's um you know if you're arming and iron about Dan if he puts his service out there, yeah. Reach out to your nearest most experienced person and if they haven't heard of Dan and his achievements, well then they're probably not the most experienced person to be talking to. I don't yeah, know. but um, yeah. Well, Dan, Dan has done a lot of fishing all around Australia, all fly yeah. fishing, and um, you know, there's probably not a lot of people that are as um, travelled or as experienced with fly fishing other than, than Dan is. You yeah. Know? yeah, 
and and in that those WA circles, you know that there's a lot of very purposeful, you know, fly fishermen, and and a lot of them very well travelled um, and very well credentialed in achieving things. And you know, Dan Dan sits amongst them very comfortably in his in his achievements. He's he's a pretty good dude. Mm. Yeah. Man, you imagine watching a T-Bore Pacific just unload on like a 100-kilo yellowfin. Oh, look, that's good. <laughs> Can you imagine every metre going out, you know, you're going to have to fight twice as hard to get back to Yeah. You know? Yeah. I tell you, man, like, I mean, it's it's just interesting hearing maybe maybe we've caught too much tuning. I don't know about you, man, but like, uh, like Dan, I'll tell you what, Dan asked me a question on the phone we spoke yesterday. And, I, and you know this one because I spoke to you about it because it was a really interesting concept. He says to me, have you ever been scared of a fish eating? I said, yeah, heaps of times. Tuna are one of those things. You know, there's been times where I've seen schools of, of bluefin, uh, bluefin, yeah, uh, long-tailed tuna in, in Moreton Bay, and there'll be just those rigs, you know, like those 20-kilo pack of three or something like that, you know? Yep. And you'll cast, and you'll be like, please don't eat, please don't eat. Like, oh, man, the... Like there's been times I've been fishing for tuna with people that are just starting, and they're like, "Oh, look at those ones!" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, just drive past them," but they're huge. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> the circles under the boat, man. I'm just, I mean, even with fish that are like, you know, 15 kilo, you know, like it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, it's fun, it's fun for the first hundred, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, I know that sounds. I'm only joking, but um, it's at least 99. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, um, yeah, those big fish, they uh, when they eat, you know, you're in a world of pain, hey. Um, yeah. And yeah, but it's fun. I'd, I'd, I'd give anything to go, go out tomorrow and just get into a big punch up with one of them big ones, eh? That'd be great. But these days, it's a bit different in the bay. Sharks. <laughs> oh yeah, well, jet skis and. You know, less big yeah. fish. Certainly, less big fish. Yeah, yeah. Here's why I want to include um, um, lake lice in that list with the jet skiers, mate. So <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I went fishing on uh, New Year's, not New Year's Day, because that was there was heaps of storms around, and I missed my. I usually go fish on New Year's Day, so I went the next day, which was a Sunday. Yeah. I launched it. I launched at the boat ramp at this lake, and um, it's a popular lake among skiers and stuff. So I launched there at dark. And I was about the tenth boat out, by the way, in, in the dark in the morning. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Anyway, and um, I spoke to this guy at the boat ramp. I said, "Mate, what's it? What's this? What's this boat ramp been like mid morning? You know, uh, how how bad is it to retrieve the boat?" And he's like, "Oh, it's my first day here. I've never fished it before." So I gave him some advice. I asked him what what he's fishing for. He said bass, and I've sent him in a way. I was chasing oh. toga, and uh, I went up to the back of the town. I didn't see anyone, and um, you know. Caught, caught a couple of fish and um, and decided to come in about 8.30. By the time I got into the basin of this lake, mate, the place was, you know, like when the waves, like, you know, they call it the whip when a boat goes around and the and the boat, the wake is coming from all directions and it's just a random stand-up yep. of waves. The whole lake was like that. There was that many lake lice on the on the dam. The whole place was like this, you know? Wow. And um, so so the, the lake where I'm at... Um, has uh, got is at 100 percent at the moment which leaves very little real estate for these boats to pull up and um you know pick up skiers or rest up the boat you know or do whatever so yeah. they're right next to the boat ramp i'm talking like 30 feet away from the boat ramp so here's me i pull up and the boat ramp's packed like it's packed it looks like an ant farm it, like it is not capable 
of this many people, this this ramp. But here we are on, on a public on a Sunday, the second day of the year. It's a public holiday on the Monday. You know, I, I, I'm not surprised. Anyway, so I pull out my boat and I, and it's all rocks. So I got a glass boat, and um and I'm watching this skier come through through like within a rod length of my boat, towing a skier with a with a boat that's putting up a massive wake. You know. What I was a just, fuck with. Completely oh, illegal too, right? Oh, it's 100% illegal. Yeah. Yeah, there's big signs there. There's there's red and green markers that says, within, and you're meant to go around it, and within, within 100 metres of the boat ramp, it's six knots. So mm. this dude's, the, the, he's, whatever he's doing, whatever speed it takes to keep the momentum up, to keep the skier up, you know? Mm. And um, straight through, and then all these all these people are like, whoo, cheering and stuff like that. I had to pull my boat up onto the, um, the bank to stop it, the waves from picking it up and slamming it down on these rocks you know like i damaged my boat it was i figured there was less damage to pull it up and do that than it was to um to to do it anyway so i pulled the boat it pulled the boat up put it on the trailer um i had to park i had to pull the boat yonks away to be able to tie it down and i thought to myself oh man no one's going to believe me with this i'm going to go down and film this to show people how close they are going to the boat ramp i go down to my phone and i thought probably not a good idea to be filming all these kids in in swimming suits and stuff like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember what happened to you last time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know you got me confused for um, you know how you got that disassociation um <laughs> thing, mate. You think you're me sometimes, <laughs> but that's cool, mate. Um, <laughs> but it was hectic. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm officially for the first show of 2022 going. If you're a jet skier or or a um, <laughs> or a water skier, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that that special. Hey, um, on Sunday I just gone. I took the family up to uh, to Bribey in the passage there. Just a great day out on the water, and um, and uh, like we we pulled over at um, oh, White Patch. I don't know if you'd be familiar. Yeah, anyway, there's um, it's next to Escobar Beach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Anyway, we're pumping some yabbies on this. The kids were going crazy for it. They never pumped yabbies before. And, you know, the, we're talking ankle deep water as you do most of your yabby pumping in. And, you know, even less, mate. And I'd, I'd left the boat out, oh, maybe knee deep water, maybe 20 meters out further. And I had it on spot lock. All right. So I just put on the mink odor and just put on spot lock, waded with the kids into the slightly shallower water. The missus stayed on the boat. There's 20 metres between me and the boat. It's in The boat's, like, literally in knee-deep water, right? Mm. It's barely not touching the bottom. And fucking jet ski comes between where I'm pumping the yabbies the and my boat. I, I can't comes between the, you and the boat. Yeah, man. I cannot understand the fucking mentality of them, hey? Like, it's completely dangerous, completely illegal. Like, and... You know, part of me is like, if something bad happens to you, jet skier, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to celebrate that you've probably broken your neck or wrecked your ski or anything. I don't want to see anything bad happen to you, but please settle the might. fuck down, man. You know, like, oh, it's just terrible. It, yeah. it really is. Um, <laughs> I, so I don't bad. know. I don't know how these people get licensed. I, I don't know, you know, what. Well, I know the water police have probably got to look after that, um, but there's it's just a matter of time between someone doing something stupid, like really stupid, either in retaliation or, or um, you know, in, as, as an accident. There's a genuine accident. It's just terrible. 
Yeah, man. Well, let's put out a hit. What <laughs> colour was his jet ski? <laughs> Mate, I could have hit these pricks with a yabby pump, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been pretty cool if you flung a yabby at them. It was pinching, pinching their eyeball while they're gone. Who knows? <laughs> oh, man. We can always dream. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, look, I don't wish any ill on them, but uh, just but think if it happened. <laughs> think of other people. Like, if someone did that to you, like, you see, you see, um, you know, you're there with your kids and you're just having a good time, safe time, and someone does that. It's stupid. Hey, stupid, mate. Unfortunately, I can't imagine too many of those guys listening to this podcast. No. But, Phil, if you know someone this, who, uh, you know, fits this description, by all means, feel free to pass it on. And, um, and while you're there, like, review the uh, podcast on itunes it means nothing to you and it means everything to us thank you yes <laughs> yes that's and right give us some intros yeah let's start off the year with some some crackers give us some cracker yeah. intros and some normal ones we really really need some normal ones so eh? we do we do yeah, we've got a lot of clowns who listen to us yeah and we value yep. you and bonus that. points for jet ski hate too you know? oh you know, you're just inviting bulk swearing at the intro there. Good. Well, <laughs> that's in, what about some violence towards them or something like that? You know, <laughs> cool. like surely someone could set up some sort of coated nylon coated wire across the flats or something. Like that. Oh, too far, Vols. Stunning, stunning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. look, man. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not even going to say we're going to wrap this puppy up this year. Not once. Yeah. Not once. Not, not once. <laughs> what are you going to say this year? What's going to be your saying for this year? Let us uh, embrace this cat. Em- <laughs> embrace the cat? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know, mate. See you next week. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And if you're a jet skier, take a mirror to bed and wake up to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. That's great. See you, man. See ya. Right?